uh, Burke is a frequent guest of this podcast, but he tried to unionize, so we cut him right out. Get and out of here. We brought in a scab that we've long been a friend of uh, <laughs> to break this filthy podcast union. So uh, I just want to say cheers to Max for uh, coming in and showing these workers their place. I don't know so. how I feel about this. <laughs> well, that's part of being a scab, man. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, rate them on a five-point scale, and occasionally bring in podcast freelancers to disrupt the labor market <laughs> of <laughs> Patreon. Um, so that's why Max is with us today. Hi, Max. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on, even uh, if I am a quote-unquote scab. <laughs> well, if you like replacement, uh, alternative, temp, we got lots of words here, man. Yeah, oh, okay. We can do this all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we got lots of words. Right, mix yeah, six. yeah, Mix six, all words. Um, Max, you've got a lot of uh, uh, content enterprises of your own. Uh, for those of you, for those of our listeners who might not be familiar with you, uh, what what do you do? Uh, yeah, so you primarily may know me from Good Brews, Bad Views, the podcast that asks if great beer makes bad movies any better, where um, my co-hosts James and Ryan and I and our occasional guests are recording drunken movie commentary, um, talking about things we like, things yep. we don't like, and just kind of ripping on movies. But it's it turned into more of like a celebration of the bizarre and when it comes to film and stuff like that. Sure. So, yeah. And as well as that, uh, recently, my good friend Claire and I have started our own actual play um, podcast, Relatable Roles, where we're doing a variety of um, games. Primarily Delta Green, is that's what I know the best, but we're also exploring some, uh, some other games from Greg Stolze, like uh, Million Dollar Soulmate and Dueling Pops of Vindemir, which just successfully had a uh, Kickstarter run. And mm-hmm. we're occasionally um, interviewing designers like Noted uh, union organizer Caleb Stokes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm, I, for one, I'm excited just to have, you know, finally after five years of this podcast, a, a, a Delta green and or actual play expert to the table. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Thank no, you. no, it's wow. good. You know, wow. uh, I just, for so long, we, we've limped by, with such limited expertise and experience. I would bring more people in from your circles, but right. every time I say anything I'm into, they right. regard me with blank stares right. and then go back to, yeah, I don't know, looking at cars, playing golf. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Playing golf while in cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> golf carts, I believe is what they call them now. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, this is really exciting. And, and Max has chosen to uh, to join us in Springfield. Uh, you, you made an intentional decision to come to this city. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like, oops, I got on the wrong plane <laughs> or I got like delayed somewhere. This was like a planned event. Yeah. It'd be like, well, it'd be, oops, I got onto multiple wrong planes yeah. because there is no direct flight no, from Detroit here. No. Welcome to Springfield. Oops, I got onto multiple wrong planes. It's actually the core of our tourist economy. Yeah, that's exactly right. Branson started that way. It's weird, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, Max, uh, we don't. I don't think we have a pre-party, right? I mean, no. no other official business other than to welcome Max. That's what we should start calling it, official business, and we should put some some order to it. Uh, well, we okay, can yeah. now. Official because, party business? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've heard. It's post 1,000. There are no rules. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a gavel. We can call uh-huh. this meeting to order. Uh-huh. Robert uh, rules of Robert's order. rules. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll make up our own. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Robert. Yeah. Ross's Eight. rules. Yeah. This could be a new honorable judge producer. Oh, Ross yeah. Thing. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Like. Okay. Well, let's see. We're I, all I, just, I just want to be clear. 
<clears throat> I'm not going to follow any of Russ's rules. <laughs> totally. That's the best part. It's post a thousand. And yeah. then we can well, number out. one. Don't follow my rules. Yeah, we could do like a oh, whole bit where yeah. uh, where you know, like we do a sound effect when someone breaks a Ross's rule. Uh huh. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. The gavel. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Max, you've done the rating system, right, for this episode? Yeah. Bingo, yeah. Bingo. So I came up with multiple rating systems because I just didn't know like what to go. Do I do Detroit-based food stuff? But I figured like no, Mix Six has the has a lock on very specific regional food opinions Damn right. and you know i don't that's not why i'm here Op- so, opinions is a weird way to spell facts but yeah, yes yeah, i agree sure. with you yeah uh, uh-huh. and here we go uh-huh. yes so i decided to intend to go for well what people know me for well watching bad movies Great. so i have here the bad movie rating scale as all bad movies are not created equal and there are very bad bad movies and there are very good bad movies so, so is this by segment by like by like rough grouping of a bad movie yes, genre. Yes, okay. exactly, exactly. Right. So with one, which is the worst kind of bad movie, a bad movie you do not ever want to watch, no matter what you are doing or how much you are drinking, is uh, or are mockbusters or self-aware sequels. Oh yeah, I know. Basically, oh, yeah. anything mm-hmm. from like Asylum Pictures mm-hmm. that has a title that's a, sp- a spoof of a popular film, like Transmorphers or mm-hmm. Atlantic Rim mm-hmm. or Battle of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Not Battle L.A. That's a different movie, but Battle of Los Angeles. And you know what? Snakes on the Plane taught us that you can't even do this big budget wise if you know what you're doing. Right. It's not good to watch. Hundred percent, even a second time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I will note that the movies I'm going to list for each of these categories are subjective, but this rating is objective <laughs> at me, at you you people, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So um, number Bold two move. is bo- or boring movies. Um, movies that are too slow and dull to actually enjoy watching, even if the premise is somewhat interesting. Um, my prime example for this is The Ninth Gate with Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like, the premise is very interesting. It's yeah. like, oh, there's like books with like satanic imagery in them and some of them are different and why are they different and what does it do and such but the movie's like two plus hours long and it's just slow plotting even if there is like um correction peg or hidden dragon like demons yeah. in it and stuff you have like to that. pretend johnny depp's ever been in a library mm-hmm. <laughs> can't mm-hmm. jump over yeah. that hurdle for me cannot suspend that disbelief uh, mm-hmm. yeah but so up next we have background movies as for our, our number three. These are movies that if you're flipping through the channels yeah. and you see it on, you'll leave it on. Or if you're tidying up or doing folding laundry, yep. um, you know, these are just your, your standard grade background movies. This is when we start to do these movies on the podcast. Boring movies, cardinal sin of movies. But mm-hmm. so for background movies, I have stuff like Van Helsing, uh, Reign of Fire, the mm. Death Race remake with Jason Statham. Like mm-hmm. they're fine. Mm-hmm. Like I'll throw them on. I'm not upset about watching them. Sure. But some of the middle Fast and Furious films are background movies for me. Like they they exist to get you to the later stuff from the earlier stuff, but you don't need to pay attention. Like the one Hobbs and Shaw, total background movie for me. I I, w- I would rename this just. Um anything done by Turner Broadcast. Yeah, TBS. Yeah, like, well, TBS, yeah, TNT, right. if they buy it, it's probably not very good because yeah. they only bought it cheap. Right. And if they play it, I probably won't care enough to turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. This is perfect three. Yeah. We, we often encounter these movies on the podcast and we refer to them as like Saturday afternoon movies. Yeah. You know, they're playing mm-hmm. at like 2 p.m. You're right. done with your yard work. You're like, well, what am I going to do until dinner? Yeah. Hey, what's you know? on after Shawshank Redemption? Uh, looks like uh, Shawshank gre- Redemption. <laughs> or, or, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's, it's yeah. the Green Mile. Yeah. Green yeah. Mile yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have started to mix it up. Right. <laughs> so uh number four and here's where we get to start getting the good stuff it's the cult classic um these are movies that not may not necessarily be good but there are things about them that are enjoyable sure. you might start actually having a copy of this if you're big fans of them mm-hmm. um these are movies like killer clowns from outer space yeah 
uh, Halloween three season of the witch. Mm. And yeah, wow. that's my, pick, yeah. that's my spicy take is that yeah. is wow. a, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is and a spicy take. life force. From oh hell yeah! I am a big fan of Life Force. I, yeah. I didn't know that movie existed until like a couple of months ago, and yeah. I was pretty astounded. I I immediately was. went and bought a copy. Of that. <laughs> is Kobe. this where uh, Big Trouble in Little China fits for you? Uh, e- that's a good movie. So no, okay, okay, not included. Okay, yeah, some people would put Big yeah. Trouble Little China on the cult classics mm-hmm. um, yeah. list. So number five, the best kind of bad movie. These are. The transcendent experiences of mm. films. Movies you can't adequately describe to someone, mm-hmm. but you will go out of your way to watch with the, in a group setting, mm. go to a like midnight screening, back mm-hmm. when you could still do those. So here is your, the room is obviously in this category. Top of the list, I would Cham- think. Champagne and Bullets, also mm-hmm. known as Road to Revenge, also known as Get Evan, or Get Even. <laughs> um, oh, Get Evan. Yep. <laughs> and then... Uh, Jesus shows you the way to the highway, which is a movie I cannot adequately describe to anyone what that is. Ross has tried that to film. describe it to me multiple times. I have yet to watch it. Um, you will never watch it. Correct. No, it I think is, that's right. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It is uh, Spencer Kryptonite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm out on that, I think. Uh, Neil Breen. Yes. Yes. Neil Breen is. Yeah. Whatever Neil Breen is doing is, yeah. uh, is also uh, in this category. I, I think at five, it's really a matter of the fact that no acting portrayal will ever accurately convey a character. <laughs> As well or as deeply as like the fact that a director made and wrote this and thought this was a good idea. Like mm-hmm. the the depth of a personality conveyed yeah. uh, by art failing so spectacularly with yeah. so much money and yeah. such a massive train wreck. Um, it really can't be like, what are you going to do? Monologue about what you're thinking? What, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You've transcended theater at this point. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. That this got made is, is more mind blowing than any other performance aspect. Yeah. The, yeah. the performance, the meta performance art of the film right. elevates it beyond uh, what is yeah, that's objectively good. visual dog shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> every, every movie in this category is an act of pure will, of hubris, you might say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Of a single man's, uh, almost always a man's <laughs> desire <laughs> to. Uh, uh, reveal his artistic world vision to the right. uh, to the universe, or in the case of Tommy Wiseau, take his shirt off on camera. Well, I mean that's part of the vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, is it because <laughs> you you certainly see it and mm-hmm. his ass. Don't forget. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have not. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's the rating system we'll use today. Yeah, and with that, uh, we have Ross has literally a fridge full of beer at this point. Like we just keep adding beer to it's Ross's an, fridge. It's, it's like the auxiliary beehole at this mm-hmm. point. Ooh. I keep saying we need to add a fridge to Ross's house right yeah, but yeah. He, he's against that yeah i'm against spending money on that right I mean, let right me be yeah, clear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no we he get it. a write-off 100 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah uh so we're gonna start taking some of that beer out of said fridge uh and we'll be right back with dissecting our fun hey spencer what are you drinking well fuck uh this was a can <laughs> Meant to attract my attention. It did. I believe that it is about to be a beer meant to attract my ire. This is from Maine and Mill, who I hear does pretty good stuff. And we may have even had a Maine and Mill beer, too. I don't remember anymore. Uh, This is their artist series. It's called Don't Cross the Streams. Yes, for those of you who are familiar with my favorite film of all time, that is a Ghostbusters reference made deeply and significantly clear by the can, which features the Ghostbusters burning up the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And in that vein, this is an 8.1% sour ale brewed with toasted marshmallows, raspberries, 
and lactose. Is anybody going to want to try the second port in glasses before I start drinking it? I don't think I'm going to try enough to worry like a that. glass want, level yeah, amount okay. of it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. As 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 the beer guy, yeah. I I do want to try this. Oh, yeah. guys. Okay. In a normal. Yeah. Get a nice right. tall one, so he has to drink less. Of right. It. <laughs> right. Um, we are skeptical because this is nerd baiting, which uh, as a beer uh, marketing aficionado is almost a sign. It's a red every it's a time red flag. that it's, it's going to be flag. terrible. Uh, I'm also not psyched about a sh- a sour marshmallow as a concept. Boy, um, boy, it goes from sour to sweet like too fast. Yeah, um, it's it's got a um, oh come on man. It's it's got a like a lot of raspberry in the nose. Yes, and uh-huh. it's sour and then you know right. shifts it in the reverse and just like brrr. yeah, like the sour I like. Yep, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yep, the back end of that is a crime. Right. Ross, you try it. Um, uh. That's it, the lactose. Yeah. It's a good sour ale on the note, like on the front. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. this is pretty good. And then literally it just punches you in the mouth with marshmallow and lactose. I mean, well, why would ugh. you make it a sour right. if you wanted to right. include marshmallows and lactose? Exactly. In it? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many other types of beer. So that much other beer. In. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think because if you want to get that, that raspberry to pop, you need something like a lighter, lighter style like like this. But. Yeah, yeah, but like, but the, what? What about raspberry? Says Ghostbusters. Like, I think marshmallow has to go in a Ghostbusters. Yeah, beer, yeah. right. Like, yeah. they've got a branded food item. Exactly. I get it. Right. I don't remember the raspberries, and I have watched that film. Yeah. More times. It's not even than, like what was Ecto Cooler flavored as? Like it was it green. That was orange. <laughs> green or orange? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and then uh, what flavor is green? Well, high C is the flavor is green. Yeah, um, it's chemicals. <laughs> right. If they, did, the if they did an Ecto Cooler themed right. beer, that would work. But again, no raspberries. Or if you're going to do raspberries in a Ghostbusters beer, do uh, the the the, the, the slime. slime. Yeah, yeah, pink slime second, from yeah, the second yeah. one. This was just a whiff. Now here's like so. First off, in terms of ratings, this is a two for me. Uh, like I don't. I like the front a lot. I did like the back so much that it, it significantly drops the score um, well it, for me it, it's like starting off at a four and then it becomes a one right exactly extremely quickly yeah right um here's the trick we have had beers that i didn't think should be sour beers by profile because of what they did with sour beers that worked out really well you might remember i think ross was maybe the one who introduced these to the podcast i think it was boulevard did that collaboration that was like a peach cobbler sour or something uh, yeah Oh, and, yeah, I've had that. Yeah, and that was a sour beer that started sour and then appropriately used sweetness and lactose to round out the sour. This mm. does not round out the sour. This they, is a 90-degree turn. Yeah, they try to get that that um, pie-crusty yes. kind of aftertaste. It was the great. And it, yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, that was the right version of, of that kind of beer. This is the wrong version, so it's a two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Caleb, what are we talking about? Uh, well, in dissecting our fun, uh, Max has suggested, don't know who that guy is, mm-hmm. at what point do you say enough is enough when it comes to board game expansions? Uh, economics of it all, bloated gameplay, do I really need another expansion? Uh, the examples given are the Terraforming Mars Turmoil expansion, absolutely essential, and uh, the Summit Yeti expansion. So. Well, I know what's too far. <laughs> uh, whatever Arkham Horror is up to now, that's too far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're on, they're on a whole new edition now. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> so, well, stop. Yeah. yeah. So the so, previous edition oh. that was too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, so, you know, as the podcast scab, I am here because of capitalism. Um, <laughs> much like why Correct. there are so many board games expansions. So, you know, uh, capitalism. Um, but Terraforming Mars is the the one that kind of sticks out in my mind mm-hmm. as there are certain expansions for that game that I think are essential to, to playing it or to get the most enjoyment out of it. Uh, Preludes. Uh, Prelude um, for certain. Preludes for certain. Uh, Venus, maybe just to kind of move the game along. 
Um, but when you add turmoil, which is like the political one, it really um, adds like a whole nother. It's a different game. Yeah, it's a whole different mm-hmm. game. And mm-hmm. it really just feels like and in, in a game where you already have so much to manage and uh, figure out that it just one thing's one thing's too many. Here's uh, what I've learned about expansions over time. Uh, if I were to stack up games that I just liked as the base game compared to games that I absolutely need to play an expansion with the former category is going to be infinitely larger. I've learned there are a couple of reasons for that. One is I rarely expansions that add mechanics or nuance are interesting to me. Expansions that add space or fundamentally change the nature of the game are off limits for me. Just like here's a new map or like here's a new segment. Like I don't care about that shit. I, I like the game for the game. Uh, and then there's the Dominion problem, which is like, did you that, like... That's for me the only thing too far. I think I think most of the time when people go too far in expansions, that's the person, not the company. Yeah, uh, that's I, fair. Yeah. I think if you uh, play Terraforming Mars with all the expansions out, you had a bad time. That's that's on you, bro. <laughs> that was never a good idea. Like, right. Uh, for instance, I don't quite care for Phoenix next because it just feels like more spaces for the board. Um, and hmm. uh, Colonies, I kind of feel the same right. way. Uh, but like, I, I really like the additional maps of terraforming Mars. I think mm-hmm. those really change the game in interesting ways. I like turmoil because it does something different. Um, I just, I think I've had really good luck with expansions. Like I'm glad, I think a lot of people yeah. are also realizing that expansion bloat is a thing and yes. they're being a little bit better about, um, yes. so for instance, bunny kingdom in the sky can fit in the regular box. Like yep. you don't have to keep the damn box, but, it, but yep. it's got additional mechanics, additional cards. Yep. Um, I think the main thing is you need to know what the expansion does differently before you buy it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to buy it just because you like the game right. and you expect to like the expansion. Yep. Um, but I do agree that when it goes too far, it's that Dominion. Um, it actually Dominion ruins the shit. whole game for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, like, I won't even revisit Dominion now, even though I objectively think like Dominion is a good game. But I've missed 13 new boxes of Dominion cards, and I wouldn't even know what I was doing anymore. I mean, it's, it, 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 it just turned the game over. And so I think if the uh, Smash Up feels the same way for Totally me, feels the same way. Don't give a damn about Smash yep. Up and haven't for years. Right. If, uh, if I, the theme of the expansion is just more, yeah, I don't care. Like yeah, that's, I, yeah. I, I feel like card-focused games are the biggest offender of this because yes. they're just like, well, more yeah. cards, more cards, Absolutely. more cards. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dominion at this point might as well just be like Magic the Gathering too. I mean, it's a TCG with a different with a different purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know, like Scythe, one of my favorite games. I have the expansions. I don't play with them. I don't know that they're bad. I just like the base game enough that adding is just adding. Like I don't need to do more stuff. Concordia. I've purchased Venus. We've played with some of the expansion mechanics. They're fine. I don't choose to use them. If I now here's another economics decision that I think is worth making. If you are going to put a limited number of resources into a game that you like, I would rather put it into upgrading the materials and components of the base game than an expansion. Uh, the the laser cut, yes. you know, things like that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah that's true. I, I think economically, that's the most interesting question because the answer is never. Like, if you're looking at it from a value proposition, did you exhaust what the game could do without the expansion? I assure you that if you're anything like me, the answer is no, right? Because I played it three times and then I bought an expansion. Right? Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Um, and also as a result of that, like the the result of being kind of an alpha gamer, aka consumer psycho, like most people in this podcast, mm-hmm. is uh, that most of the time when you're playing games, you're teaching games. Yes. Which means that um, oh, the boy. more complex version 
of an expansion almost never gets off the fucking shelf because yeah. you're not playing with additionally people as experienced yeah. in the game as yeah. you. Good we, take. We've, we've had to implement a hard and fast rule um, for, my, for my board game group that if you're teaching something, you 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 teach base yeah. or base plus yeah. preludes because like that's the most... Yeah, you teach base are like... Um, uh, what, the the rare expansion that makes something faster. Yeah, because uh, totally. it's almost never, <laughs> yeah, never the case. I mean, yeah. if we like sat around for a minute and thought about like, okay, so of all the games we play fairly regularly, which ones actually feature an expansion? And uh, the only one that comes to mind, for at least for me, is the additional tokens. Is the 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 Witch's Brew expansion for um, uh, Quacks of Quedlinburg? I do play a lot of Quacks expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that that might be the game where to me an expansion has just become a part of the base game. Like I don't, I don't distinguish them. But what the witches adds to the game, I can explain this podcast. You have three once per game abilities. Yeah. And that's the entirety of the expansion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and a different, and a new token, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Right. The wild token. Right. Which is nice. That's the the entirety of that expansion. Right. Exactly. And yeah, you know, and mm -hmm. that's nice, you know, because it's like, honestly, it speeds the game up. It allows you to maximize some of the base game stuff you were doing. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Uh, Fifth player expansions are probably something I've never needed. I totally. especially with my board game. Totally. Thing, yeah. I still get them. Like yeah. I have a fifth player expansion list in, in case anyone wants to go ham on a five player blood rage right. or yeah. um I quite like the five player expansion for Isle of Cats. I think it slots in pretty easily yeah. with the rest of the rules. Yeah. Um but like as far as do I need that on my shelf? No. No, like, absolutely not. I've never had a person come over for board game. Can we play Isle of Cats? Oh no, sorry, we got five. Right. And then they just like drop their glass and, and leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's it. I have other games that seat five people. Right. Like yeah. Um, so I think the economics of it, it's almost never justified um, in terms of like, is it exploitive or should the company be doing it? I think it's gotten in general the industry's gotten way better at that. But yeah, there are egregious egregious offenders yeah smash up's a good call i thought or like i don't know how we would count the 87th version of munchkin that is just reskinned or rebranded yeah for like i wouldn't call that an expansion right, but yeah. like I, and it can be done well so for instance i like unfair we got the unfair expansion oh, on kickstarter great call um but the thing is unfair is a small company and they put out like the original six decks yeah or i know it's eight decks uh because you got to combine two yeah and it's a four-player game um, and it's just it's just six more decks, right? And it's just, and they're all alphabetized, so you can collect them all. But it was like three years or four years between the publication of the base game and when I got the expansions because they were done. Yeah, and that's probably due to Kickstarter capitalism. But guess what? At that point, I needed more unfair. Totally, like we played a lot of unfair. We played all the unfair. Yeah. I, I was familiar with all the factions, um, and now uh, it's kind of interesting because it's still a game of combinations. So mm-hmm. I was like, well. What mm-hmm. do mobsters and dinosaurs do together? <laughs> right. um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I will say that, but um, that's really, again, just on the side of capitalism. I don't think they put that out at that time because they wanted everyone to digest it for four years. I think it right. took that long to ship, totally. to make yeah. with their staff. Um, I think bigger companies miss that. I think it's like, yes. oh man, this blew up. Going to get another one out. Yep. Or as quickly as oh, possible. Azul's the most popular thing on earth. Better do stained glass of Centra. Right. And right. you regard that as a heinous mistake. I do. I, uh, yeah. I think stained glass. That's what was, Gloomhaven does too, is like spinoff games. Yeah. Like, and, uh, which I think is the right idea because Gloomhaven, having played a lot of it, that was enough. Like yeah. I would not have wanted an expansion. Right. But like uh, um, uh, OG yeah. Pandemic, too many yeah. expansions. Mm-hmm. Like they added too many. Uh, alternatively, Pandemic Season Zero, absolutely perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like the Dinosaur Island World games 
they've just exploded and added in all different directions and there are two player versions and there's a new version that's in it that is a sequel to the other version that all feels like too much for me but again i don't know that's an expansion problem as much as it is the this was popular let's make more of oh, it you know i think maybe fireball island has a bunch of expansions too but that physically adds to the board oh um i want to say yeah never like, forget fireball island is yeah. a good fucking time yeah it's a good fucking time. i may get a fireball island expansion absolutely yeah. i love having to bring out that fucking baby coffin of a game <laughs> yeah. box and being like we're gonna play mousetrap as grown-ass yeah. adults i um, had so much fun playing fireball could you, island. could you imagine if they did a kickstarter for like a mousetrap redo oh god oh I'm, i bet fireball game island with fireball yeah. shots every time your character gets knocked can't over. do it this year no yeah. fireball 2021 oh, okay um really i've almost made it yeah wow now talk to me on january 1st and we'll see what's up okay but <laughs> all uh, right i have made it through just, all of 2021 thus far without a single drop of fireball it's gonna find you reeking of cinnamon yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to be good. Not gonna be, no shots and no fireball in 2021. I've been the most adult I've ever been in 2021, mm-hmm. purely by way of not having done shots or fireball. <laughs> right. What a goddamn nightmare. I know. Damn. It's horrible. Why would you have done that? I've been miserable. You're like that guy from Da Vinci Code who just whips himself. Yep. That's right. It. Every day. Um, that depresses me. We should get out of this. Yep. I love that idea. <laughs> Caleb, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking from New Glarus Brewing Company, Totally Naked, which is beer. That's right. I'm not being facetious. That's literally all it says. Totally Naked beer. Uh, It's like those cans in the 70s. It was just the white can with beer in aerial font. Like in Repo Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, New Glarus has made some good beer. Uh, Spotted Cow used to be one of my favorite drinks when I could find it. And if I remember correctly, they even had an IPA that I liked, and I don't say that very often. So I'm hopeful that Totally Naked continues the tradition of beer. For what it's worth, New Glarus is out of Wisconsin. If there was a state that could just make beer, it would be Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin would be yeah, high yeah. on the list. Yeah, it's probably got a little they're, skunk. They're up there. Um, it's like a like a metal can that just had Bud Light in it. Coors Light. That's what it smells <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, what you've described as Coors Light. Um, yeah. And I'm going to drink it. Yeah. Because never forget, Coors Light just tastes like metal and bad. <laughs> it's nothing. You look so disappointed. There's just nothing. I just, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like writing a letter on the fucking like label, uh, marketing as such, just like taking your bat out and pointing at center field and be like, "We're gonna hit a three. <laughs> and then, and then just doing it, yeah. and like. I don't know why I'm disappointed, right. but like they told you, on yeah, the it went, it went where it was gonna go. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what I was expecting. It what, is once to has nothing. It is the um, pilsner of pilsners. Uh, it, uh, it, oh god, this is a beer with nothing to hide. It says nothing. <laughs> it's got, of course, it does. It had nothing to show. Couldn't hide anything. <laughs> hmm. Drink, drink yeah, it. Yeah. Drink it and see if you can remember drinking it. Um. No, yeah, no, uh-uh. <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Honestly, if you got that out of a tap, you'd be like, your water tastes a little off, like not a lot, just a little <laughs> off. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It's static in a can. Yeah. Static absolutely. In a bottle. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's not bad. I want to be clear. It's nothing. 
It's just yeah. I'm not complaining about it's the threeest three that ever threed. Yeah, yeah. I I apparently had this beer a couple years ago, according to my Untapped, which is the only way I can keep track of all the beers I've damn drank. Have you tried a a, a minimally updated spreadsheet though? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. but uh, my my review of it was quite possibly the most unpretentious beer I've ever had, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think still stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Uh, I often find ghosts of flavors <laughs> unpretentious. <laughs> yeah, it's the Lacroix of beer. Yeah, it's uh, the platonic yeah. ideal of beer. the the spit in my own mouth never got haughty with right. me. So, um, it, yeah. yeah, it's that it's that beer signals mind. that there's beer in an adjacent room. Yeah. If they served beer at the fucking orphanage where Oliver Twist went, it <laughs> yeah. would be that beer. It'd yeah. be with next to the gruel. That's what you watch it down with. Wow. Um, I feel like when you're young and your father gives you a sip of beer and you're like, oh, and then you think about that flavor for like several, several years. This is the beer <laughs> that like this is how this, that beer tastes. Yeah. But like right before you drink a beer as an adult. Yeah. Like, it's as faded mm-hmm. as the memory can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? Uh, so uh, this is one of our longstanding and most popular segments, and I thought it'd be a great opportunity for Max to jump in on a fan favorite. This is the Mix Six bringing it back. Uh, insert like uh, like '90s hanging with Mr. Cooper, kind of like uh, ABC rap sound there. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The same, the same sound effect we've used every time mm-hmm. we've done this. The other, right. maybe use maybe use the yeah. well used rewind on the vinyl. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, as you well know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this this is the 137th time we've done this segment. Uh-huh. So I assume that you have that yeah, just programmed on the deck. Episode. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, so this is bringing it back. Um, in the vein of redoing everything, because all media now is just media that's been done before, and we're, we're just adding new people to it, uh, I wanted to, and new video games even, I wanted to talk about uh, bringing something else back from our childhoods. We are all of similar ages. There's a window here. The, the, the largest gap between Max and Ross. Um, but we are all roughly familiar with, I think the same set of like popular toys Mm -hmm. from a period of time, roughly of the nineties. So if you had to bring it back in the way we're bringing back everything on television and movies and in music, what classic toy from your childhood would you bring back? And what, if anything, would you do differently with it? Given modern technology, can I ask a clarifying question? Please do. Is the point of bringing it back to be successful in selling toys, mm. or is the point of bringing it back just to be like, okay, I want to fuck fucking, these kids. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is for let's me. go for these old men that remember this toy. Uh, I will accept either or both. Okay, so right. you can choose two if 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 you are tickled thusly. Because I was I was going to say, having had frequent contact with today's modern children, the yeah. idea of a physical toy right. being anything of value, um, if it is not electronic and online, yeah. is. Uh, sort of laughable to yeah. many of them past the age of 10 or 11. Right, right, right. So uh, yeah, you so. don't have to worry about market forces. You can. Yeah, 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 like, so I wouldn't bring back, like, say, the Transformer robots right. and expect it to do, unless they could actually transform and actually be robots. Right. Um, which which we don't, uh, we don't yeah, need that. That's how, table, that's how yeah. Skynet rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%, so. 100%. Yeah. But for, so for fun, that's what you'd bring back. Uh, no, no. I, don't, I, I was just asking my clarification. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I need to think. Somebody else get in there. Okay. Uh, I had a lot of toys uh, growing up because my parents wrote a book about sci-fi toys. 
Um, yeah. So uh, I had access to more than the average kids, uh-huh. I guess. Uh, at, at, but I couldn't play with them that much because they had right. to use them for the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you do. Uh, totally normal. Um, so uh, I was actually thinking maybe either Rob the Robot or the Macross SDF-1 uh, Fortress. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, wow, yeah. Um, I think Rob the Robot. So... What would you want to do with him? Um, he was totally useless with the Nintendo. Yes. <laughs> like, even in the games that he was designed with. Uh, so you would want to make him actually useful. Um, God, what would be useful to kids these days? I know. Um, oh, wait. Um, you use them for AR games. Uh, like you, you bundle them with a drone. Uh, and, oh, but, damn. But no, no, no. Here's, here's the thing. It's a game you play in real space, but like you give Rob like a fucking crossbow or something and the and the drone is his target so you're just like uh, practice hunting killing drones love it um so i think that's a practical skill for the future and uh, all of us at one point or yeah. another wanted like a, a usa amrid funds <laughs> yeah. rob the robot yeah. remake yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah brought to you by yeah. usaa yeah. we make these at the northrop grumman factory yeah. yeah yeah here's your bomber jacket um <laughs> uh and all of us at some point wanted a nerf game that you didn't need other people to play with yeah. you know like target practice functionally oh, yeah, and yeah, you've yeah. just gone like hardcore target practice yeah. functionally yeah i'm yeah. into that yeah. yeah max you got one uh, the first thing that came to mind was like a modern rendition of like the Batcave for like action figures. So and stuff like that. good, yeah. So this is de- this is definitely um, pandering to people in their thirties, right? Plus, hello, exactly, exactly. So, what if I told you I still have the original Tim Burton Batcave in my basement? I hundred percent believe that. Great, because <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Yep, yep. I had the uh, Batman an- Batman animated series one. Um, but my modern yeah. sort of uh, twist or addition to it is the Bat Computer um, in the Bat Cave, like plays like uh, video, like clips of like the the criminals oh, out doing yes. their their uh, crimes and stuff like that. And it's online enabled, so it's always something like new or updated that can be you yeah, know, like set up your own scenarios. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking smart. Yeah, 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 that's a great use of technology there. And uh, less uh, less likely to get you uh, auto enlisted into the military, probably Ross. Yeah, so just something. I also about, like right? the idea of Batman just watching crimes in his pants <laughs> <laughs> and never doing right. anything about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, totally. dude is like also like as a uh, like some of those fancy uh, AR enabled escape room games, mm. like mm-hmm. where you have to scan codes on your phone and like uh, that reveals puzzles that you have to solve with the like what was that haunted one where you had to like look at the the house one? Uh, it was like a physical game and you. To look in through a, like a cardboard house or whatever. Uh, does that? Oh, I don't remember this. Okay. Um, that sounds fucking fun though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy. Uh, yeah. I missed the boat. Yeah. Huh. Uh, okay. I'm gonna be popular with both children and adults. Love it. Can't be done. Um, the flea market is not the distribution lane it once was. Correct. Um, so this toy is really timeless, uh, but it's just really been choked out of the market by you know online spaces. Yeah. We got to bring back the shuriken. And by that, I mean actual fucking shurikens. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Um, so here's the thing. Children want them because you are not supposed to have that. Right. And yet, at a flea market, they always found a way to get you one. Right. So uh, kids love shurikens. Absolutely. It's going to be memories forever. The scars won't go away, but they're going to have a great time. For adults, though, what is the difference between a shuriken bar and an axe-throwing bar? Nothing. Not yeah, at all. Yeah. Not Honestly, at all. Shuriken bar might be get, safer. Yeah, get drunk. Go to the shuriken bar. If you can't find your waitress, she's a ninja. Of course you can't. You can't Couldn't complain about that service. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a theme in service here. 
Uh, I'd go to a shuriken bar in a heartbeat. I'd go to a shuriken bar in a heartbeat. Yeah, we Absolutely. just need to start making more shurikens. I think the market. Got I think we down. need to make a shuriken bar. They're they're, <laughs> they're timeless. Like I'm rereading Neuromancer right now, and you know, first chapter, it's like cases eyeing those shuriken in uh, Chiba. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I think if we just made a bar and it was kind of a bring your own shuriken setup, I bet we'd have shuriken bar in no time. I think we could do this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we do instead of an extra bar, it's a throwing bar. Yeah, whatever you want. Right. We'll give you a lane. You, you can, can try throwing it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah you got to sign a bunch of waivers. Mm-hmm. And before you ask, our insurance does not cover that. Just mm-hmm. heads up on that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good note. And, and totally safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. Uh, and this may be uh, not a great toy. I will tell you that the I think the toys that got the most play from me as a child were the Ghostbusters plasma pack and the trap mm-hmm. and still have them a little broken. But I still have them. But I always thought, you know, this this is like a multi-million dollar franchise. They could have done more than just like stickers on a piece of plastic for the Proton Pack. Right. Like, and we can now. And, and for a reasonable amount of money, I think you could still probably make one of those and purchase one of those. So I would want an upgraded but not quite con-level bespoke proton pack and trap you know like open the trap and there's actually a light in there like that would be fucking nice like the traps oh, yeah. on wheels that actually work because the trap did not work i mean it had that like air pump come on guys uh novel indeed but i think i'd upgrade the proton the pack shoots a blazing tesla coil of hot plasma <laughs> yeah no no it'd be like the old spider-man web shooters we have to like put in like the silly <laughs> the cartridge oh, yes. yes oh those were great uh i remember uh that the risk home yeah, yeah i remember it risk worked home. for precisely one hour and then you were out of that and, and your mom's like, well, I'm not going back to Walgreens. Yeah, it took me like, four hours it. to clean this up. Yeah, I'm never exactly. doing you know, this again. I, uh, there's one thing I want to say about Kale's idea. The, the, the Shrugan thing, I think uh, another virtue, for me at least, is that it makes my idea of giving children a crossbow uh, way more safe. Totally. Uh, yeah, uh, sounds uh, way Let alone oh, an AR crossbow. crossbow. is going to do way more yeah, damage. A Shuriken yeah. is a harassing device. <laughs> Your kid gets a bolt through their plate mail. They're, they're, they're in a lot more trouble. Most you can lose on a shuriken is like an eye and yeah. your dignity. Mm-hmm. You know what? And then uh, they have cool eye, they have a cool eye patch. Right. Yeah. And we could do safety shurikens, you know, rubber rubberized coated tips. I refuse. Well, okay. I refuse. Yeah. You're uh, it's a bolt the thing if you don't think a uh, yeah, yeah if you don't think a, a safety yeah. shuriken is still going to take somebody's eye out. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Just huh. it's not metal doesn't mean it's not going to pierce skin. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, if any of you are toy manufacturers or designers or in 50% of cases, weapons designers or manufacturers, uh, feel free to add us on the discourse. We'd, we, we Discord, we'd love to talk about how we can make this happen. If watching uh, Child's Play 2 has taught me anything, those are the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> or Child's Play, now oh, on Sci-Fi yeah. in USA. Yeah. Siffy. Sorry. That's the other idea. Just a sapient robot doll that yeah. uh, murders people for you. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that you just didn't say Haywire. Like, yeah. that took way too long, Russ. <laughs> just say what you meant. Okay. Uh, we're going to get more B-roll. We'll be right back. Max, what are you drinking? So I have brought something special from my basement with me to Springfield. We are drinking today a bottle of Founders <laughs> KBS that I have been aging in my basement since 2018. So a little bit over three years. Wow. Yeah. I know if anyone comes to my door saying they brought me something special from their basement, I say, get on in here. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. See, that's why I was accepted over here. <laughs> yeah. But um, this bottle... I this this bottle came out the last year that you had to actually like buy a ticket to go get an allocation of 
KBS from founders. Yeah, your yearly ration. Yeah, yeah. Politburo. (laughs) Yeah. But and um, after this, you know, KBS is available year round. You can get it wherever uh, your, you know, big grocery stores, any any liquor store or whatever. And it's it is now a common commodity. Still expensive, but, you know. It's available to everyone. Now. I can't not say Politburo now, given what we were talking about. And I just need to say that out loud. That would that would be the second podcast we do. The Politburo. We've missed an opportunity here. God damn it. So I'm going to give this one a four out of five. It is a cult movie for me. I will admit that KBS is not my favorite stout. It is very tasty. Um, mm-hmm. After aging for three years, it is very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is a 12.3% ABV beer. Um, nice amount of chocolate, a little bit of coffee. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, coffee was a little stronger for me. Uh, I, I would agree with that. I, I think KBS has been a five before, yeah. uh, especially based on where I was in my drinking experience, because that was like year one. Yeah, mm-hmm. when we were able to get KBS for an earlier episode, we mm-hmm. were stoked. Uh, and it's still very good for me. But I agree, like, now that I've had more stuff, it does lack some nuance. It's got a good chocolate, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. otherwise it is a 15% stout, which <laughs> is an achievement in and of itself that you can drink that without being nauseated. Uh, but uh, beyond that, it's just a very good stout. Yeah. Um, I see that. Cool. <sighs> yeah. No, it's very good. It, I like uh, it. Yeah. it dies on the end for me more than I remember. It, it, it is quite smooth. Yes, yes. And it's yeah. not very overly bourbony on no, the back which, no. the, which is a problem with a lot of uh bourbon barrel oh, beers. Boy, just like i'm it? just having a big thick just, glass of bourbon. i'll be honest bourbon barrel stuff is starting to be a turnoff for me yeah i agree it, it has been for me for uh a, a, a little while now actually a lot of it gets to be like a too motor oil like viscous i, don't I, know. I just i don't it's know if people flavor for me yeah. i don't I, know if people used to do it better or more subtly or if I'm just tired. I think we just had so much of it now. I, yeah, I, I yeah. think it's a tiredness of it. Because, like, I still enjoy other, um, like, I've had a tequila-aged yeah. beer, yeah. Rum, uh, a cognac-aged beer, which was, yeah. like, I, well, I need to drink uh, more sherry, cognac. Sherry casks. Yeah. 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 Very good. I yeah. didn't care for, I, I've tried, do you remember when uh, Mothers did a, a rum barrel-aged MILF? That was one of the worst variants of beer I've ever uh, had yeah. in my entire life. Oh, God, life. that was terrible. That was awful. No. But I think but that's mothers. They, they yeah, just, they fucked up a lot. So there I, think, I think it's just rum. Yeah, it's rum's terrible. Never forget. Yep. Um, I think you're onto something, though, Club. You know, when we first started doing this, and especially as we started exploring big stouts, that bourbon aged stuff was interesting and it was different and it didn't just taste like a stout. It had that bourbon bit to it. And that was really nice. Now we've had 40 beers that use bourbon in some weird way or age in bourbon. And honestly, all it tastes like to me now are like bad barrels. Like, oh, okay, well, this that barrel and was like, very Without astringent. knowing how it's brewed, God knows if I ever saw an actual bourbon barrel. Because right, yeah. you know there's got to be synthesized. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bourbon um, barrel bullshit that they're yeah, putting. They put uh, like barrel staves yes. in, in, in the kettle as yeah. opposed to actually uh, aging, aging, it in, in aging it in a barrel yeah, like yeah. they do with KBS. They put in a gypsum mine right. down in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Huh, I'll be damned. Huh. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, look, it's a good beer. I I, uh, I think it is a sign of maturity, which is not a word <laughs> I will use to describe anything on this podcast wow. ever again. I think it's a sign of maturity that here we are drinking a, a lovely and gifted aged bear, a bottle of, of, of KBS, and we're all kind of like, look, it's good, but it doesn't have the effect on me it once had. Yeah, I've, I've revisited some of my favorites, and they've gone down. I agree. Um, Abraxas remains high. Abraxas remains high. There's many things that remain high. It's right. it's not an epidemic. Right. Uh, totally naked is stuck at three like a knife thrown into a fucking wall. Right. <laughs> but um, honestly, I'm proud of you for remembering you drank it only 15 minutes. Well, ago. Well, I have to keep it in front a of me. Right. Uh-huh. Like yeah. you know, where you mark the your silence. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. You just 
need to take a Polaroid of it and say, this is a three. <laughs> Remember. Yeah. It lies. Right. Do not believe it lies. <laughs> Uh, what are we, as we talk about beer, we should probably introduce the segment, uh, in, in which we plan to talk about beer. Max, what are we talking about here? So in professional drinking, uh, Broa slash Noah asks, I think a state of the beer scene this far in the pandemic is about due. What trends do you all see and what would you predict happens going forward? Oh man, I'll do the first one, but I have no fucking idea on the last one. It's already pretty wild. Um, I actually have some thoughts on the last one. Well, that's so, good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. got thoughts yeah. all over. So. Right. Boom. Okay. So let's start at the first one. Well, I don't know generally everywhere. I know in our distribution chain, yeah. that's where I remain. Which is great. Pretty hard in. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of breweries use the pandemic um, and the difficulties of it to reset their lineup. Mm -hmm. So you'll see stuff like Perennial, Second Shift, yep. putting out full lines of like with some actual variety. It's not the uh, right. It's not the our brewmaster just left for side project Prairie Flare yeah. uh, incident. There, uh, Perennial is now doing a lot more than just Suburban, I think is what it was called, that like Saison kind of interesting light sour that we had years ago. Now they're doing a bunch in that line. And um, what I've seen is not so much like wild originality in that space, no. uh, with the exception of Omnipolo, who is constantly stunt brewing. Um, but, um, but what I have seen is that like, I think the, I think the green wave has finally broken yeah. like, the, the IPA dependence of a lot of places, I agree. um, at least places that don't run tasting rooms, yep. tasting rooms still seem to be the hooks are deep in like a Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I've seen the IPA tyranny kind of break. Uh, the IPAs I do see have some interesting flavors in them. Mm -hmm. They aren't uh, so many bitumens. Your tongue can no longer perceive them. Right. There aren't 18 of them anymore. And I think our um, rankings of IPAs recently reflects that. We've actually had some IPAs on the show more recently that we kind of liked again. Yeah, I, I think it, I think the trend was starting before the pandemic. But I think like, hey, we have to shut the brewery down for six or eight or 12 months. Mm -hmm. uh, definitively, people say, like, do you really want to do six IPAs right. anymore? Yeah. Um, so I've seen that. Uh, I think it's just the nature of when the vaccine hit, uh, but I could be wrong, but like in the stuff I'm buying and it's even still on the shelves today, even if we're moving into like more stoutier weather, mm -hmm. God, they were desperate for that summer vibe. Like yeah. the, the beer, the bee hole I was pulling out of has stuff like called suburban dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, 4th of July on the beach, you right. know, like very much like let's get back to grilling boys absolutely um which i it does often make for some pretty pedestrian 100% pedestrian fare a lot of loggers yeah a yeah. lot of loggers coming out um sours are back yeah. in a like they never left and but novelty was, sours pickle sours spicy sours yeah, that, uh, the marshmallow holiday sours, holiday sours. Mm -hmm. yeah the novelty the i think where IPAs turned into double IPAs and triple hopped IPAs, sours are going in the direction of novelty. Like sours are diffuse. Well, yeah. Sours are going in every direction. Yeah. IPA just went further down the mine. Yeah. Well, with um, with sours, if you, if you have a good base beer, it allows you to do easy experimentation with, with various. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, if you stumble into flair, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You can make any sour you want. Um, but I'm interested in what's happening up by you. You've got some okay. way more interesting. Yeah, stuff. yeah. So I think in general, this question is extremely regional specific mm. as far as what is the market in your location mm, doing. Yeah. Um, up in Michigan, the there hasn't been a lot of experimentation as far as what are the big producers like making these days. But there has been an expansion into the more of the accessible space, like you were mentioning, Caleb. Mm -hmm. um, you know, both founders and bells have multiple, I guess I would say like entry level or pedestrian beers available in everything from 
12 to 24 packs mm-hmm. of, of, of various styles. Um, I was considering bringing you guys an IP, uh, double IPA from Shorts, who, uh, who both do very just fucking off the wall shit, mm-hmm. but also make good double IPAs. But I thought it was kind of a mediocre one. So I if figured you, this if would you be have a much two one. Or one or two IPAs on your menu, yeah. I am psyched to try them. Sure. I yeah. want to get in there. I was like, hey, you yeah. want to do an IPA? That's what you think the best IPA is? Yeah. Very excited to see it. Yeah. The second there's three or four of yeah. them on there, I'm like, Fuck well, no. we, yeah. we have we have a local brewery, and I'm not joking. They have like ten beers on tap, and eight of them are IPAs. And it's like, well, fuck you, man. Yeah, like you can, you can only do yeah. so many different hop blends. Which right, I mean, you can get a lot of variations in IPAs bits off your hops. Right. But you know, it's I I agree with you in that sentiment. Yeah. Um, in Michigan specifically, the distribution has somehow gotten better in the last year. Which, um, for those of you who don't know, Michigan has about three hundred craft yeah, breweries Jesus. and supposedly it's always been a hard market to hit into because we have it all, have all the beer. I'm, I'm actually not too surprised about that because what i know of most state distribution cartels most of the work goes towards stopping beer from getting places like i imagine if there's a pandemic and you have to stay home yeah. you have to lose some of the people being like oh no you got to ship that over here yeah then over here then it needs to sit in my warehouse for four weeks that's right and then I will bring it back to your taste. That's room. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Have you put it in a bag and aged it for seven days outside in the cold in a very specific forest before it can go to that bar? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we just recently, as in in the last three months, have gotten three Floyds into oh. Michigan. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, it yeah. started popping up just at the very specialty uh, yeah. you know, bottle shops and stuff like that. Now I can walk to the uh, grocery store by my house and get uh, zombie dust Jesus and gumball Christ. head yeah. in 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 six packs or right. twelve packs or yeah. whatever, and it's Jesus Christ as well as some of the more uh, off the wall stuff from them as well. Yeah, so the world. I know <laughs> uh, we're starting to get more prairie stuff up in my parts. Oh, bless up! Yep, oh, wow, yep, yeah. Um, as well as some beers from like Connecticut, mm. which have you know that's not a state I ever, I ever associated with no, beer. Yeah, so yeah. it's near New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> the the beer black hole. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I, and Max, I actually think what you're pointing to. So Caleb, you know, you noted like you don't have anything about like where do you think this is all going. I think because of distribution challenges and because of the amount of local and regional breweries, I think beer is just going to go more local. Um, it's just hard. It, you're right. It's harder to get beer places now, like not to get your beer to places. And I think that a lot of brewers or breweries are starting to realize that their best opportunities for success are tap rooms and their local markets and not distribution because distribution is fucking impossible anymore. I mean, you just can't get anything anywhere. Mm -hmm, So I actually mm -hmm. do think beer is going to go more local, like more local. And I think more weird. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, uh, A couple other trends I've kind of noticed is right before the pandemic started, breweries were starting to dip their toe into the seltzer game because like that was all the rage the previous summer. Um, but then the pandemic happened yeah. and that just kind of like died. Yeah. Like, no, like, I don't know of any craft breweries that are like consistently making or marketing Ma- Mother's a, Brewing a, Company. a seltzer. We'll at be, least at we'll be there later. Yeah. And you'll but, get to try the not, ready seltzer. Yeah, not as, not as, uh, rampantly as they, as they were like a year and a half ago. I, totally. Here's my question. Is the seltzer thing going to like ramp back up? Was it like a newborn in like a tough next world? Summer. I think next summer. Because I was I was terrified of yeah. it by the time the pandemic. I, th- I think I think I, when I, it gets warmer. I was watching them yeah. eat yeah. eat the menus of my favorite breweries. Oh, literally, and seltzer. I like, mean, literally just consuming mm-hmm. tap lines. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't I, like this at all. The, and, the data that I saw from one of the largest distributors in our area was that the year 2019, 2020, 
the only portfolio, the only part of the beer portfolio that grew was domestics. And then the, the largest non-domestic growth portfolio was seltzers, hard seltzers. And yeah. it wasn't close. Craft beer was down in almost every category. Regionals and locals were down. Hard seltzer was up across the board. And I think, I think what will happen club is I think now that some of the larger brands like Bud Light have started to cannibalize seltzer. I think that more smaller regional and locals will stop doing as much seltzer, mm-hmm. but I still think seltzer will be a large part of the market because it's been cannibalized by large brands. I'm not yeah. anti-seltzer in the same way I'm not IPA, not anti-IPA. Like, you know, I, I also really appreciate Pink Floyd as a band before I moved into the Springfield, Missouri radio demographic. Yeah. And it was yeah. played every hour on I've the seen hour. so much Pink Floyd stuff since I've gotten here. 97.3, Pink Floyd. It's oh, all yeah. they play, uh-huh. uh, I feel like I'm being tortured and reditioned right. by mm-hmm. it. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I don't hate seltzer's on their merits, right. but like I, I did worry that they were going to get too big. I think they will. That said, with the sort of hiccup, I wonder if like now that Budweiser has like woken up and realized that like, well, they already realized craft brewing was a thing like eight years after craft brewing was a thing in yeah. America. Yeah. Um, now that they've caught up, I wonder if they won't be like lameify it. Yeah. To the point oh, where totally. like the seltzers that are good yeah. will be good precisely because they are not. Yeah. We, we are yeah. well yeah. to the point where craft beer isn't as is and as accurate descriptor as alternative rock right? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, totally. um w- something else i've kind of noticed is uh at least for locally like the the accessibility of some of the more harder to find stuff like kbs um like other beers from founders is is much easier now like founders used to have a beer co- has a beer called panther cub which was a get it day it comes out or you yeah. can't get it at all yeah. you can get it everywhere now yeah cbs you can still get it yeah um other big stouts right. are from other breweries. Bourbon are County, I think, is less dif- is more diffuse than it once was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, here's a word that I see more and more every time I go look at beer: lactose. Uh, it, in terms of brewing trends, I just think there's more lactose beer these days, and uh, yeah, and, and lactose forward beer. And I get it. Uh, it's gone uh, from zero to four. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so. Yeah. Canada got on that before we did, yes. as far as not having, as far as like in the IPAs. Yeah, you know, like those they, like the, thick the, IPAs. The, yeah, milkshake yeah. IPAs, what they called them. Um, Detroit saw a little bit of the bleed over because of just the, the borders right there. Right. We can get poutine right. in Detroit. It's 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 fine. Can I ask you to try something since we're in professional drinking? Yeah. And I want to know if I'm crazy. Can you drink some KBS and then drink some uh, Seasick Crocodile right sure. after? Yes, yeah. we're, we're drinking Seasick Crocodile from Prairie as a side beer while we drink the other beers, just to be okay. totally yeah. clear. I, I don't have a seasick crocodile. Now I feel like a total big red gum rube. Yeah, would that be a good blend? I don't, Give I, me a glass. Are you yeah, about to pour? Yeah, I kind of doing it. We're doing yeah, it live. We're, 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 I kind of don't hate the ginger yeah, on that I, KBS. Yeah, yeah, that is a nice. I don't know. Well, because I think the yeah. the um, the flavor profile of the seasick crocodile, which is a sour ale with cranberries, ginger, cinnamon, and nutmeg, yeah. goes very very well oh, with. I, have a um, left. I got it. Goes very well with the. Uh, the chocolate and coffee of the uh, did we just invent a drink? I, it could fucking suck. I'm just trying. Yeah. yeah, we're doing this live because we're we're bold innovators mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. beer podcasting space. It's it, it, okay. You're, you're here's post, the thing. I'm not post, sure if it mixed. You're post a thousand again. beers. Yeah, post a thousand beers. So there's no rules. No yeah, rules. there's no rules. Yeah, which is a great beer, by the way. <laughs> no rules doing, from Parent Brewing Company. Doing our own beer yeah. is like a real, real. That is a good blend for me. I quite like that. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. I would drink the shit out of See, it. See, I was I had both, and I didn't the, think to the mix ginger's it. more subtle. It's good on the nose, though. Mm-hmm. 
the, yeah, I think I think Ooh. adding a ginger to it does a little bit more. For yeah, and KBS. they've been uh, Thondras has been doing a lot more variants wow. of KBS. They've got like espresso one and like Mackinac Island fudge Hot one. Take. And Here, here's what it tastes like. It tastes like kind of like a a, a nicely sour gingerbread cookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh huh. Because mm. um, the, the the KBS adds some richness and some thickness and some sweetness to the sour of the seasick crocodile, and it's a really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Should we call this KB crocodile? <laughs> crocodile BS. <laughs> no, KB crocodile. <laughs> KB crocodile. KB yeah. crocodile. <laughs> so um, boom. Yeah, maybe beer cocktails is the wave of the future. I do. I do like a brewery that has a cocktail, a mix of mm. their beers. Mm-hmm. I do, which I, four by four does blends, yeah, and I, I like that. It's interesting. I do like a blend on your menu, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I, I don't know where it's going to go going forward. I am just glad that nothing is really dominating right now. Yeah, um, but I mean, nothing is noteworthy. Yeah, nothing is noteworthy either. But yeah, yeah, something blunted the the wave of hard seltzers, and mm-hmm. thank yeah. God for that. Well, I think it well, was the yes. collapse yeah. of the economy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. White boy summer, I believe, is what he called it. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, with that, uh, we're gonna get more beer. I believe it's Ross's turn. Yep, and we'll be right back. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? I am drinking Munich Dark uh, from Capital Brewing, uh, which is, it's got, uh, let's see, a rich dark tone, smooth caramel malt, and a clean dark finish, at least according to the text on the bottle. So we know they can't lie on that. Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All those have to be facts. Everything else, like the government warnings and whatnot, can be opinions. But the description of the beer. Could I propose a new rule? Yeah. Just, just just the style of the beer <laughs> and its ingredients. All right, Capital. Like, it, the, no, the Munich Dark is a Munich Dunkel from Capital Brewery in Middleton, Wisconsin. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Like raspberries, marshmallows, yeah. bad ideas. Right. This is what went into this <laughs> beer. Like that's it. Um, not like a rich dark tone right. of mahogany. No more adjectives. Yeah. It's yeah. Smells of cigars right. smoked by aristocratic goats. It's an aristocratic beer. nonchalance. Right. So I if you mean, employ yeah. someone who writes prose, fire them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new rule for breweries. As a man who writes prose, generally a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> we are not good employees. No. Yeah. 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 This is kind of like a porter. Uh, it, it's a dark. Um, I like it. I, I can't decide if it's a three or a four yet. Because um, it, it, it is a bit watery at the back end and kind of like disappears. It doesn't. Um, it starts out strong, but doesn't like finish quite there. Uh, that's exactly right. That, yeah, it would be a three for me because it doesn't make good on the promise it makes on the. Front. I don't need a watery lager. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. well, it's a it's porter. A, it's a, I feel well, it tastes it's, like it's a dark. Like, it's a dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a dark German beer. Yeah. so it is. It, it's porterish. It, it would like to be a porter. Uh, yeah, but it's not. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna give it a three right. because it's it it starts out strong, but right. yeah, it just. Doesn't get to the finish line. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah like I'm going to finish. Like it, most German beers. <laughs> no, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah. German beers, in my opinion, are best when they lean into the fact that they kind of taste like uh, wheat, uh, and like that's it. Yeah. Like they should be consumed a little warm. They're not doing anything other than like you know what this uh, this kind of tastes like wheat and coriander. Great, 
Thanks. Appreciate I think you. German beers are are really designed for the material reality of an Oktoberfest. Like yes, an Oktoberfest. It's quantity. A Marzen. You're not going to remember anything you drank that day. You're in Lederhosen. You're eating sausages. Yeah. You're getting fucked up. Big Why work harder than a three? What what right. point is there? To, there's not. You're going to listen to Oompa music and it's going to be fine. You're having a party between the months of September, November, Oktoberfest. <laughs> no one's going to say no to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, this is Ask Mix Six. Uh, Turtle asks, I have a lot of trouble getting into new content because of ADHD. What do you find is the best way to introduce new content for you to consume? Where is the most effective hook for you and where is it located? Or do you just not think about it very much? Sidebar, what episode or piece of content for good brews, bad views should I start on oh, for the damn. strongest, fastest hook? I'll tell you. I'll, can I answer that? Oh, sure. The cell. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, short answer on recent episodes that I think people should jump on if they want to get into Good Brutes, Bad Views would actually be the episode we had producer Ross on. We did hey, Rampage yeah. earlier this year, which was a great, <laughs> uh, great episode. Um, God, would, that was, was this year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. boy. Yeah. It's time it's, is weird. It's November, Ross. Yeah. Fuck. Right. Yeah. It's almost next year. Yeah. Exactly. I would also recommend our episode on Maximum Overdrive, the Stephen King oh, yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, Those are... <laughs> Those I are both that episodes movie. that uh, That's the we all semi truck, right? Yes. Haunted semi truck. Yes. Great we movie. all well, we all just a copy one semi truck. Sure, yeah, yeah. They're well, all haunted. Yeah. yeah. Stephen King, prose writer. Yep. Exactly. On shit tons of cocaine. Fire him. Gotta, Probably should have been fired. Got to fire him. We also, every year, we also do an episode called Cleaning Out the Fridge, where we do a recap of the last 24 movies we've watched. Um, talking about our favorite beers, our favorite movies, least favorite movies, as well as other random topics like. Yeah. Going back to the theaters to watch movies. Right. Are we doing that still? Right. So uh, we just had one of those come out last month uh, in October. So uh, recommend any of those episodes. So boom, yeah. good plug. As for have, getting into content, yeah, general principles. I so here's a general principle I have, and and this is a principle uh, hewn by mistake. Uh, I generally do not recommend trying to get into new content immediately after finishing other content. So one, one mistake that I typically make is I finish a book. I'm excited about the prospect of reading. I immediately open another book. Uh, I finish a show. I'm over the moon about how the show ended or the enjoyment of binging something or finishing something. I immediately start another show and I find the stuff that is almost a one-to-one back-to-back for me never sticks. So give yourself a little time to digest between content is something that I've learned because um, like the city we became by NK Jemison, which is like widely regarded as one of the best books of the last year seems super interesting. I started reading it the same day I finished Dune Bad, just terrible idea. Honestly, not fa- not fair to any book, uh, and frankly, not fair to Dune uh, in a lot of ways. And so, uh, I started Cora uh, the like the no, not Cora. I started something the day I finished Cora. Coraline? Uh, no, Cora: The Adventures of the he, Sequel he to Avatar. A, yeah, his Avatar. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm into Avatar. Oh, oh, Ross, I don't Cora. know if you've heard about Avatar: The Last Airbender. I have. But if you've got two to three hours, I'd like to talk to you. Sure. Um, Let's I start the day I finished Cora. Oh my God, we could do an Avatar podcast. <laughs> Guys. Hey, hey, Spencer, want to come on Good Brews, Bad Views and watch Avatar The Last Airbender? D- I don't. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan? Not want to do that. It's uh, only three, three hours long. Right. Yeah. Do a back-to-back with the beats that makes you old. Hard two. Hard yeah. two bad yeah. movie. Yeah. 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 So I just I just think, like, give yourself some time to digest and appreciate I, I or, like or meditate what yeah. you liked about the last thing. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Um, I, I don't have ADHD, uh, but I, as far as that can be culturally enforced, which science says it can, 
Uh, I think I'm well down that rabbit hole. I have uh, extreme difficulty reading or finishing anything longer than a few minutes. I don't watch films very much anymore without my friends around. Um, in order to feel like I'm not alone and going insane during the day, I pretty much always have a podcast or an audiobook on at all given hours of the day yeah. so that I can pretend there's someone else in the house other than yeah. me and the cat. I do the same thing with television, just something uh, on. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty uh, enforced in my jumping from one thing to the other, and I can't read nearly as well or as closely as I used to. Um, and I've just had to like make peace with that because it was just making me feel bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, that is to say, the time I can read is when I make it part of my job, mm-hmm. which is easy to do because I'm a prose writer. Uh, which again, which should be fire, fireable on offense. cocaine, right? Um, and but. Uh, I can read when it's like, well, I can take these two hours out because it's working. Um, and then I don't feel distracted by other things I should be working on. Um, and that gives me the peace to sort of look something. So I don't think it's a healthy way to do it, but an effective way for me, for me to do it is that to I, don't justify really, it. I don't really engage with content unless I know it's going to be grist for the mill. Right. Now, I can, I can think I'm going to get something out of it and not get it. But that's fine. Right. I still needed to experience the content. That's right. Before I could know that for certain. It was about starting it and getting through it. But as far as like, I'm just going to go on Netflix and see what it recommends me or Hulu or anything like that. No, no. I like Fuck that. Out, I'm really. going out looking for weird shit. Like, yeah. like um, I have all these Criterion movies I want to watch. Like, uh, yeah, I'm very interested in. I never get around to doing it because like I'm going to spend two and a half hours watching a foreign film. How's that going to work into a scenario? Uh, it took me years to watch Seven Samurai because of that. Entire yeah, thing. yeah, but. yeah. But like now, I'm doing stuff like okay, I need dream imagery for this campaign I'm running. Yeah, mm-hmm. Black Narcissus is supposed to have that. Oh so we're yeah, gonna watch a weird 1947 movie about a bunch of fucked up nuns. Yeah, and you know what? It's entertaining, and it's what I would do oh, normally. Watch it? Uh, no, I, I've I've started Let me it. Know. I want to watch it. Wanna okay, watch yeah. It. So. Here's my hot take in regards to this. Mm-hmm. The best way to get into new something is to listen to a podcast about it and realize, like, huh, that does sound like um, it might be something up that my is alley. Good. Along, I, I think yeah. that goes along the same line, though. You're kind of pre-processing it. Yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, you know. Actually, you know, along those lines, uh, sometimes I actually do read spoilers about something that actually makes me want to read mm. it or watch it more. Mm. Malignant, for uh, Malignant, exactly. People were, well, Malignant, <laughs> I didn't know the spoiler, Jesus but like, Christ. Malignant, I was reading discussions about it, and people were saying it's either the best or the worst movie of the year. Every It was hotly divided, and people were talking <laughs> about that scene, the last act, and I was like, okay, what the fuck is this about? Mm-hmm. All right, I gotta Well, the what... Ross Payton aesthetic is famously, I don't care if I feel good or bad, I just want to feel, feel something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whomst among us. <laughs> right. And, and I don't know if it's the best or the worst, yeah. but I do know that it's the most... Something. Ross, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's important to Chelsea say. Out malignant loud. is basically, um, yeah. But like I saw, uh, like actually last night, I was reading a discussion just of horror movies in general, and somebody mentioned this new movie on Netflix, No One Gets Out Alive, and they spoiled, uh, put a little thing in spoiler text. So I read that, and it's like, and the word Lovecraftian came up. I was like, well, mm. got to see that. Gotta mm-hmm. watch that. Yeah. Gotta watch that. Um, I watched another horror movie that uh, just came out called uh, I think it's The Deep House, mm. and mm-hmm. all I read was like the premise was like it's a haunted house movie underwater i'm like well gotta fucking see that yeah yeah Yeah. Um, i I would say another great way is to ask people that you you know are friends with and respect you know talk about what they're watching yeah but what if you're friends with and respect ross payton well i'm right then i am no i know yeah and i said a nice thing more more power to me as ross and i's interest overlap a lot and caleb you were mentioning that you're watching ray of southland tales yeah yeah well that's also for the podcast um 
But uh, Caleb mentioned he was uh, watching Brand New Cherry Flavor a little while back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch that. And Caleb said it was good, so I watched that. And it is 100% my shit. Um, And I watched it because Dennis is like, oh, no, before you write that, you need to watch this. And then I enjoyed it because I had to watch it. Work. Um, And so, like, that can be a thing. Like, if if there's something you can focus on, if it's, like, for art that you're doing, if it's for a story you're writing, if it's anything that you can, like justify as research and here's the thing that justification can be flimsy so like um, you've only got to convince yourself um but it helps me pay attention i have a specific tip for the seven samurai um just have your parents make you watch art movies as a child and so they make you watch the seven samurai okay so like that's a really we'll work on the whole time machine thing and then we'll and then we'll do that well (laughs) yeah or when when your choice, when Leland's options for movie night are eight and a half and the seven samurai, and you are legitimately the age of seven, yeah. uh, the one with swords, that's the one I would like to pick. I have a deeper also, appreciation of this. False choice. That was both. Uh, <laughs> just on different nights. Uh, but but uh, don't be afraid to break stuff up into like multiple yeah. sessions. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If it's like seven samurai. Oh, yes, movie. Yeah. Watch it in two parts. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, you know, as long as it takes. Um, and if you have trouble focusing on, Longer length media, do some short stories. Yeah. Like, I've been reading some short stories around Halloween, some Thomas Ligotti, sure, you know, yeah. up my alley. Like but you also, do. you know, I can read 10 to 20 right. pages in an evening and they're like, yep, I got through the story. I'll also come to sh- it tomorrow. Like, oh, and team up. Yeah. Um, I have wanted to watch the 26 Zaruichi films for fucking years. Like, I have uh, the Criterion set on, like, it's DVD, like, fucking case you have to carry it in. Uh, like saved on my Amazon wish list. Never watched it until I could get like four to ten other people <laughs> to sit and watch every one of them with me. Yep. And here's the thing: it was fucking great. Wouldn't have traded it for the world. Yep. Enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, but it became like an event. We all are all doing it together. Yep. So that kind of hold yourself accountable I, for consuming me. There's <laughs> something to that. Here, here's speaking of accountability. I think setting honest and reasonable expectations around why you're consuming something. And so sometimes I have to ask myself very earnestly, am I putting this on because I just want something in the background or am I putting this on because I want to pay attention to it? So I recently finished 91 days on Crunchyroll. It was very interesting. It was very good anime. I very much enjoyed it, but I knew it's not something that I could just watch in passing, like between stuff or while I was winding down from work, like I needed to be intentional. So I introduced this little vocabulary of like, what do I want to get out of this consumption? And if the answer was, I don't want to get anything out of it, I'll just fucking put the office on again. But if I want to get into something, I need to recognize that I want to get into it. And then I need to be honest about the conditions under which I get into something, which is focused, intentional time where I'm not interrupted to watch that thing. And if you can't make that, Maybe don't try to get into something under those conditions. Like you're gonna fail. Much like dating in 2021, be extremely selective. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good rule. And be clear about why you're being selective. Yeah, I didn't like Squid Game. Would you watch it? Oh, while I was swimming. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Squid Game is actually a great example of that club. Like, uh, I I wanted to finish Squid Game, but Squid Game for me wasn't a thing you put on in between doing other oh, things. Oh no. <laughs> Squid Game was like, did you take the rest of the day off to cry? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, so I just took some time off to cry. I'd watch it late at night. Like, yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is the right time. Or like when Brandy and I are decompressing from the day and we just want to like catch up, haven't seen each other, we're eating dinner. That was not a time for Squid Game. Like, or actually it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. You got, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. got Squid Game lined up. You had to hotline a kid. You just yeah. switch over to like yeah, fucking yeah. Bob's well, Burgers or right. something. Yeah. So Squid Game also about timing. Um, I watched the first 
five episodes pretty not not pretty quickly uh and then i got to episode six which episode six is i'll just say it's the marbles episode <laughs> and like i got 10 15 minutes i was like i see where this is going yep i'm not i'm not nope not gonna yep. watch this right now i'm uh uh and so i waited like a week or two and then i came back to it yeah because i was not ready to nope. for the implications be though. honest yeah. with yourself about yeah, yeah. where you yeah. are it's especially in, in in this day and age be be aware of your current yes. frame of mind for watching yes. stuff yeah. Like, I, like um, I, I wanted to go back through Evangelion last year, but part of me was like, oh, uh, no, not not right I now. I tried to get into Evangelion last year. Bad, bad idea. I got three episodes and I was like, nope, nope, ripcord, get yep. out of here, yep. jump out but, of this plane. But yep. that was a whole, that was a big, like, yeah. turning point for watching me, I guess, Evangelion this as year. Watching Evangelion as a young adult and then watching it now has been, like, in the last year or two, has been such a difference. Like, yeah. I, I sympathize so much more Sinji now. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wrote yeah. a... Uh, a, a very long piece about my thoughts mm-hmm. on Evangelion as part of like the GBV GBV Patreon, yeah. which you can subscribe to for like a dollar a month. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, about just like nice. when I first watched it when I was 23 versus watching it or rewatching it as the, as it ended quote unquote with the last film back in August. Yeah. And just like, here's how my life oh, is. Yeah, how, here's how my life was then versus how it is now. Yeah. And such. So. Fucking brutal. Uh, the last thing I'll say is like, I know working with kids with ADHD, there can be kind of um, a, concern or shame that's unbidden most of the time in the idea of quitting anything oh yeah um and that can kind of uh traumatically get exposed to things where uh you start feeling guilty for quitting things that don't matter um and content does not matter new content does not matter old content does not matter right if somebody asks you to pay for it including the show yeah Guess what? We're not going to save the world. Oh, God, yeah. uh, nothing's going to change don't, my mind. Don't like, get stuck on one thing. You should that never you feel finish. bad for yeah. quitting a show, right. stopping mm-hmm. a book. Absolutely. If you're happy doing something else, and like, I like gardening more than reading. So fuck what you made a plant. Yep. I yeah. I can't make a plant. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. I've quit like, two books this year, and it's the most liberating thing I've ever. Yeah. Read. Just like, so, so many I, I would yeah. say, regardless of like getting into new content. Make sure you want to get into new content. It's not just like a weird guilt thing because I know that's a thing for me, it's a thing. and it's it's way worse for the kids I've worked with at totally. ADHD. Um, just and, and there's literally no cost or no price to this. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. if As, you don't finish Breaking Bad, which I've not, and I never will, and I never will. And guess what? Right. Nothing's going to happen except right. people are going to like look at you weird at parties. And guess what? That was going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. You I, just I, go to a fan wiki and read the spoilers about the ending. Yeah, you're like I, you can fake it, right? <laughs> I have quit. I have quit Stranger in a Strange Land and City We Became this year after sitting for six weeks after starting them, not reading anything because I was mad at myself for not finishing the thing I was reading. I could have read so many books I enjoyed in those six weeks. Sarah's read like three books over court because she's been reading like crazy. Yeah. Uh, Because she's got a better attention span than I I do now. But like she's she's written like read these three books that she absolutely fucking hates. And it just takes her forever to read it because she hates it. I'm like, you could could read something you else. know we're not on a shortage of books right, like yeah. if you throw that one away we're not there are other books we're, yeah we're not going to starve right. for winter yeah. like yeah and and always remember that you are never obligated to watch something just because it's part of the zeitgeist like since quarantine started i have not watched the following shows tiger king mm-hmm. queen's gambit squid games anything marvel's put out on disney plus ted lasso yeah i will not be watching any of these series because <laughs> right. i don't feel like i have to right. nor yeah. do i want to so i can be part of some larger cultural discussion shit. about yeah. it like it's not that i have anything against them it's just like no like I, right no. totally yeah it's yeah it's hey i want one, my time doing other things one yeah. thing you can do to make it work is that um one of the realities of living in the modern day is that when you recommend media to people 
uh, they almost uniformly ignore you. Like yes. one of the better, oh, yeah. one of the better ways to not get a show or a movie watched is to enthusiastically recommend it yeah. to somebody. It's like, oh yeah, I'll check that out. They will not. They're never going to watch. Yeah, it. I am um, much like Union Man Burke. Is that if you recommend me something, I am not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, um, some of us, but like, make... what if you did? Yeah. What if that's the job? You're the guy who listens to people when they right. do that. I'd be pretty thrilled. Like, oh my god, I said a thing and you went and watched it. Like, I'm very happy you watched brand new cherry flavor. Like, yeah. it's a pretty rare experience. Are you going to give me credit for watching six hours of a Tokimeki Memorial? I absolutely you? did. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I'm a Tim Rogers addict. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And, and it's point, only because I bested you in a game of wits. Well, <laughs> I don't believe that even a little bit. At some point, we're going to talk exhaustively about his 10 plus hour Cyberpunk 2077 review, which is one of the most masterful things ever done on the internet. Mm-hmm. Someone randomly messaged me a couple weeks ago saying like, hey, I see, I've seen you've been talking about Disco Elysium a lot. I checked it out because you were, and I love it. I'm Boom. just like, awesome. Nailed yeah, it. maybe that's how you consume media now. Maybe right. you consume media to give people little boosts. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Plus one to consumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb, Caleb's moniker, were there ever one? Plus one to consumption, mm-hmm. you know, as a staunch capitalist. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we're going to grab more beer and we'll be right back. Spencer, what are you drinking? So this is another one from Off Color Brewing, who might win Brewery of the Year by sheer volume in 2021. Yeah, again, talk about the reset and let yeah. us hit it hard. Uh, Off Color was just like, we have one bottle yeah. made after Uzu and poetry. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, like after COVID, it's like, here's our fourth IPA. Yeah. Here's our 17th <laughs> Beer 4 series. Uh, yeah. So this, yeah. this is Waddle. Um, and it is a, uh, walrus themed, um, Oktoberfest lager. Yeah. You, when you think of Oktoberfest, you think of walruses. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, some Germans kind of look like walruses. They got their big bushy yeah. mustaches. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, right. I, I think that's a thing. Uh, on the side, it lists the hops. It lists the malts. It also lists secret techniques. Step infusion. That sounds like the title of like a Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movie. Yeah, Secret yeah, yeah, techniques, yeah. 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 Step Secret infusion and polka lagering. Hate that. Uh, if we get into a fight during our brewery tour later, I'm going to yell those as I do attacks. Right. Mm-hmm. Polka, polka lagering! Secret uh, techniques! Not very effective. <laughs> yeah. uh, he is drinking it. Yeah. It's Oktoberfest, huh? It's an Oktoberfest. <laughs> The German beer thing. It, I mean, it is it is a a not offensive Oktoberfest. I mean, I'll give them that. It they never are. They never are. That's the problem. <laughs> it it uh. It's not the point. Yeah. It tastes That's, it tastes like a no, spiced a, a spiced nothing. I've had um, I've had an Oktoberfest before, and therefore then I don't you've need had to this beer. Yeah. Whenever right. again. you you yeah. know what it tastes yeah. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is it is decidedly a three. Man, there really is no type of beer more consistent. In October, right? Like, if you made an Oktoberfest that I a remembered, yeah, I'm already giving you a medal, yep. even mm. if it's the hardest one <laughs> yes. I've ever seen. Yeah. Yes, because I'm thinking if you were like, I think you could like dump. If they're brewing an Oktoberfest, you could just like throw a dead cat in there, yeah. and but, it but would here, still taste like an Oktoberfest. Yep. Here's the thing, though. They're all memorable because you know what they taste like. <laughs> right. Every yeah, single one, yeah, you know I, what I, it tastes I like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's all the right. same. When people say, "What's your favorite beer?" I could just say Oktoberfest, and when they say, "Well, which one?" I would go. 
Oktoberfest. Yeah, but if you made a four Oktoberfest that was like consistently a four, I would laud you as the like the goat of all time. Someone like, did, and I'll tell you what. It was, oddly, it was bells. Well, Springfield Brewing Company for a few years made a Mertzen. That was no, no. That's a different beer. But I know it is, but it's in the it's, it's in the realm of I've yeah, had one, yeah, I've had every in single that Venn one of diagram. Them. Right. It yeah. all tastes like fall colored leaves. <laughs> and but in made, a good way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They made a Merton that I actively sought out, and I've never sought out a beer in that category before. Mm-hmm. Um so uh if you heard a can opening a moment ago, that was my side beer that I'm going to actually drink and enjoy. Prairie Seasick Crocodile while <laughs> while I sip on this Mertzen. The war, Excuse me, Oktoberfest. The, the, the war on Thanksgiving continues. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, what are we talking about, Caleb? Uh, Sean Whalen suggests for Nerdsplainer, your number two vote getter, explain the nerd obsession with continuity and plot holes, especially across long-running franchise it. Is it a bad thing that creators and audiences care more than they used to? Are people de- deriving themselves insane for no reason? Is it more disrespectful for creators to ignore or retcon each other's work? How is any of this different from medieval religious scholars arguing about biblical canon? I got to take. Get in there. So it is entirely nerds trying to flex on one another. Um, Things that were once considered part of nerd culture are mainstream now. Mm -hmm. So they can't be like – they they no longer have to feel degraded about their – about about our interests. Let's be honest here. Yeah, proclivities and stuff like that. But showing that you are – in the know about what that's what that's a reference to that Easter egg, how this differs from the source material. It's a way to show your legitimacy of um, your niche interest that has now become part of the popular s- sphere and is no longer something that you can define your personality by as much as you still try to. I think that's an interesting take, and I don't disagree. Let me try an an adjacent take. Sure. I think I think I'm with you, and I think I agree. I, I've been thinking a little bit about this, and and kind of exploring the ways in which it makes sense to me. Here's an adjacent take. Um, I would put myself in this category. I have some continuity issues that challenge me. In fact, one of the things that Caleb and I have talked about often, as it regards comics, is the challenge I have of getting any into single any into any single comic line because it's impossible to keep up with the continuity of all of it. The way in which you're, comic you're required. This, this, only, to be a, this only applies to superheroes. Sure. Yeah, 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 it does. It would yeah. be like if there was a Tim Rogers review that was 30 minutes long, that you had to watch 10 hours of other reviews yeah. to understand that 30 right. minutes rather than just giving it to you all. So I very much understand the bit, but 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 I think where that comes from for me, I think part of it is a flex thing. I mean, I definitely think there's some this this is my domain mm-hmm. and I, w- I want to have some mastery or knowledge of it. Yeah. I think part of it too is uh, for me, like long running stories, uh, long developing or long form character arcs, uh, hyper extended universes, these are in some ways like parasocial relationships for me. Um, they are uh, artifices of living. And so I think when they don't make sense or when people retcon pieces away or when people insert things that don't fit, it also violates a, a, a very important way that I've interacted with the world. And so it it isn't just about violating a story about a thing. It's like violating a, a way that I've interacted with the universe and made sense of the world in some meaningful way. And so it is a uh, fiction is uh, uh, a tool for living. Right. Yeah. And uh, and when you fuck with the tool sometimes that I've been using to live. Uh, yeah, that can cause problems. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's as much a flex issue. Look at how much I know about this thing. I think it's more of a fidelity or a, frankly, like a piety issue. Um, this actually reminds me of a scholarly 
analysis of fandoms in general uh, and talking about the differences between uh, there the 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 authors were looking at differences between like female and male dominated fandoms because like for example they were looking at primarily like Star Trek like Star Trek back after the TV show was out or, or but before the movies like that fandom was dominated actually by women. Uh, who, well, yeah, it was a TV show in the 60s. Yeah, yeah it was the 60s. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like really early, yeah. literally fandom as we yeah. understand it. Uh, and this is where actually shipping comes from uh, because sure. they were so like female dominated fan spaces were more dom- interested in like the relationships and like exploring. The they're characters. also creative. Yeah. Creative. I was saying, when yeah. I think of popular fan works, they're primarily female. Uh, yeah. Fan fiction. From, yeah, yeah. Fan fiction. Yeah. Um, so but after the movies, after a certain point, they became male dominated and male dominated fan spaces uh, were dominated by hierarchy and knowledge as gatekeeping, like the idea that you understood you could name like what a certain character's name was or like details of like Dothraki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the, the, you know, the starship manuals would come out. So people had to memorize those. And so I think it's part of this idea of like plot holes and understanding continuity is that same idea of this sort of like male dominated fan space of like you, if you have certain level, it's like, you know, if, the way you've been prepared for life is through school and tests and like objective knowledge and like being right or wrong. Then like you look through everything through that yeah. lens. And so uh fandom is just another way to do that. So you can say, I am a better person because I am a better fan. Cause I know more yeah. facts and trivia yeah. rather than like, what if captain America was dating Bucky? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And like, which, you know, that is obviously valid and an interesting way to analyze these characters and be a fan of this care of the stuff. So certainly um, more interesting than a bell and pointing out that someone can see a boom mic in a scene. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, in, it's a different it, way of well, engaging. That's with, interesting. With if you're not using to be like, well, I am clearly a better fan than you. I am a better fan mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I know value. more than about it. Yeah. yeah. You are not a real fan. And that is what happens in male dominated spaces. They want to establish status yeah. mm-hmm. and they want to establish hierarchy and they want to uh basically have a ranking and in female dominated spaces they don't have that's it's it's a very different yeah. dynamic not to say that they don't have dynamic no, 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 yeah. female, I, that's a great, like, that's it, a great it's take. a real so um i feel like that that whole thing is dominated by this yeah. so yeah uh, i i agree that that's still a dominated but i i also agree with max's take there's no such thing as a nerd anymore there hasn't been in a number of years um I do see that stuff still, but I do see that from older yeah. nerds. Yeah. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. People, I get off yeah. my lawn, nerds. Well, yeah, yeah people who are inculcated Boomer on, yeah. yeah, people who are inculcated right. on nerd being yeah. a stigma. Yeah. People who are inculcated on the geek social fallacies, yeah. Yeah. never excluding. And that which, kind of if if you're a listener of this podcast, chances are, but the time you were growing up, that wasn't a uh, that wasn't a <laughs> stigma, like. I never got made fun of for well, liking shit I did. I think, I think that I think that we are fortunate or unfortunate depending on where you fall on our spectrum of ages and in this the grand Peyton's well, version. Well, we, also, we, we age, were not entire, age is not entirely it because it also depends on location. Ge- like, geography yeah. matters. On the East Coast and the West Coast, we're still getting were kids still getting pushed down for like reading comic books right. in the nineties when they were growing up. Probably not as much. Yeah. I, they were certainly doing in Missouri because yeah. Missouri was still located right. roughly in nineteen eighty two. But, but I do 19- but I do believe we've all made a meaningful turn uh biologically, psychologically during a transition of what it meant to be a nerd culturally. You know, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um but like to that end, mm-hmm. um where I think the hierarchy is still being there, I th- I think that has been called out enough. And I do think that is such kind of an alien impulse to even like male 
quote unquote nerds, if that was even a it thing. It depends on the space. It depends on the space. Yeah. Totally. I agree. And and yeah. moderation. But I, I think that is dying as a as a trend. The the I know more about this hierarchy. Like when you can Google fucking anything. Yeah. Um in general, that sort of encyclopedic memorization is mm-hmm. devalued within any sort of knowledge culture, even when you make up yourself. Um for me it seems to be like niche protection. Yeah, you you still want your special thing to be special. Yeah, it's it seems like they're like they seem like post reformation priests to mm. me. Like it used to be way easier to do this when we were the only ones who could read Latin. Now that doesn't matter anymore. But I am going to make a fourteen point theological case as to why the king's three shilling tax on bushels of barley was actually ordained by the Holy Ghost. Like it seems Talmudic. And just like I'm going to protect my niche by seeing deeper, yeah, rather than wider, oh, yeah. rather than anything yeah. like that. Um, Here's and, why Hop Slam and KBS were better when I had to shiv someone at the store to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But like criticism is death is a part of it, but width is a more important part of mm-hmm. it. Like uh, you can go very in depth on something, yeah. And if you have no idea about its framework, or you still think there's something like non-political art or you're living under any of those nonsensical you're never gonna say anything interesting um and so what do you have well you could weed more widely you could throw out your identity and realize it's entirely defined by consumerism and decide to actually make something and have have a personality have fun with that existential crisis yeah but fuck that deconstruction's easy let me just break it into smaller pieces and so i do think like while um, it's dying out, the, the people you still see hammering at like smaller fractal plot holes and continuities mm-hmm. are, are just like they're desperately trying to do niche protection. Yeah. Like they they want to believe the identity is still valid um, because saying otherwise yeah. would argue that it never was valid. Right. Um, and that is that is too much. It's like this. It's like when we talked about Star Wars it's people. The, it's, I was going to say it's, it's the like, people in the people versus George Lucas. And I yeah. do agree with you. That's a that's. I will fight as hard as yes. I possibly can yep. to avoid developing a personality outside of this thing yep. I bought. Because yep. buying the thing is easy, yep. and therefore my identity is stable. Um, doing anything beyond that yep. gets real scary real fast, and you start seeing the sort of like uh, insane circular, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like 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 I think the I think Sean is talking about religious scholar arguing about biblical canon, I think it is very much that level of like navel gazing and interior theocracy mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing, because you are, you have made a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. The, the idea that you could do something else has never been considered. And in fact, cannot be considered right. if you're yeah. focused on that. Yeah. And so I, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, great question, Sean. Thanks so much for that. And uh, I think we've got one beer left. Weren't it drunk enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah, we did. I can do it. Caleb, what's that? It is from Second Shift Brewing. It is the Bridget, um, which Untap tells me is a wild ale. Thank you, Max. Yep. Uh, it contains Brettanomyces, tropical fruit, and hints of oak. Um, oh, that could be good. Yeah, it could be good. Uh, the can uh, claims that this beer is absolutely quaffable. Hate that. Totally hate that. Uh, Just because quaff or quaffable? Quaffable. Quaffable. I don't love quaff. I hate quaffable. Quaff is like a verb you use in a video game. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, like an quaff, RPG quaff about a, a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. 
Um, quaff a bowl like is I'm terrible. in a dungeon and my wizard needs to quaff a potion. Yeah. The um, oak aroma, I would argue, makes it not absolutely quaffable. Uh, oh. It's pretty heavily uh, retro. Very oaky. Well, with the oak and the bread anomacy, yeah. it kind of ends up being a sort of perfumey retronasal yeah. character to it. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's yeah. a it's it's a good perfumey retronasal character. Do you want some? Anybody want? Yeah, yeah I, I want to go I all the way. Yeah, right I'm here, giving but... it to the guest first because I'm was, not an animal from I was the subtly, field. I was subtly, uh, we'll, we'll pass it around. <laughs> Uh, here, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Bretonomyces yeah. uh, tends to have the factor of making a beer kind of funky, is the word often used to describe it. Yes. So funky and oaky can be a real thing if you're not. I good. quite enjoy it. That's a four for me. Um, this is very drinkable. Yeah. Uh, Qua- is it, well, is it ab- quaffable? Is it absolutely quaffable, though? Well, I mean, the, the untapped description says it is uh, utterly crushable, which I would say it's utterly crushable. But qua- <laughs> quaffable, that's a... When I think of uh, absolutely quaffable, I think oh. of like a Badlands chug. You know like, what yeah. though? That that was absolutely oh, quaffable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. You know what it feels like? Boot full um, of beans, not that, quaffable. That or is, uh, that's like side project kindergarten. Like you want to get yeah. someone to a side project beer, but you don't want them to start with a side I, project I would, beer. I would, I would Have drink that. A, I would give it a four, but this is like the, a, a kind of beer I would not just like drink multiple of in the totally night. yeah no, like no. one one a night would be it good. is sort of baby's first bread and yes yes yeah, um, yes exactly yeah like i think uh, you can get over like have too much of this pretty it, it's the boulevard wheat of bread and beer <laughs> like uh someone's like what's this bread and, and we are not talking about take seven we're, right. we're no. talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah no that's a good beer i think this I think for right. me this is like a saturday or sunday afternoon beer i want to have one in the afternoon <laughs> yeah. after i'm done my mm-hmm. chores here's the here's the problem this beer will have for me in my yeah. in my life moving forward that um maybe it's because i'm so far down the rabbit hole i don't know but like if i'm gonna drink a beer like that i'm not gonna remember to get that one i'm gonna get the hardest in the paint one i can find like that beer so light in its approach to oaky and funky Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna immediately forget that we had. Like, it. if you wanted to be absolutely quaffable, um, uh, lower can size, sell me a six pack. Absolutely, uh, yeah. That doesn't seem to be what. Yeah, this is a tall boy. Yeah. And you, he, Caleb actually has good evidence on this that he's he's failed to mention here. Uh, Crooked Staves Petite Sour Rosé all day, all day, all day drinker. Because you could buy them in six packs. It was hyper oaky. It had some of that like weird wine tanniness, but you could buy it in a six pack for twelve dollars. Drink six of them and go for a swim. Bingo. I don't care that it's a bad idea. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think that there's a packaging problem here, and it kind of exists I, I, too far. I would in the say that's a, a problem with a lot of some of the beers we've had today, like a lot of off car brewing stuff. I love them, but I can only get them in sixteen ounce cans. Yeah. Where I would only, I would much prefer like I have it have it in twelve. Absolutely. The the, the Yuzu Berliner Weiss. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Great beer. Yeah. Would love it if it was 12. Totally. Full yeah. ounce, suppose 16. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, second shift, call us. We'll advise for a small fortune on other packaging issues you might have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, our, with- our, our three our three slide PowerPoint would be current. Right. You know, 416. Yeah. Future. Right. Six, <laughs> right. 612. Max, don't give away the goods for free, man. I just told them we were in charge of a small I'm a fortune. scab. It's yeah. what I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking guy. Well, that third slide's the carousel. Yeah. That's when you really sell it. That's, that's how we get them. Dra- that's when you draper it. That's yeah. when we tell them how to go from you get the first two free that third slide boy Mm, that's what you're paying for it's Mm -hmm. it's tim rogers truck heck (laughs) t-shirt you don't know what's on the back you just gotta buy it man just gotta sign up for the ride um drunk enough my uh my topic decidedly because we we've had a lot of people on this podcast and we have some consistent guests who are absolutely wonderful and good friends uh it's been a, a minute since we had like a decidedly beer person on the podcast 
So oh, I, I'm oh, asking you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm asking this question out of genuine. So we're about to do a, a brewery tour. And I know that sounds like a joke, but Springfield oh, has. I'm shocked. I, I did not know this was in the afternoons. Surprise. <laughs> so Springfield has a lot of breweries. Per capita, we have very many breweries. Um, a disproportionate amount. Yes. Only matched by our number of game stores. Yeah. What about For restaurants? Right. Uh-huh. I've yeah. heard your restaurants. Oh, fast yeah. food, specifically. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, no, none Chinese. of us know how to cook. We would all die. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. without, Chinese yeah. food and chicken strip mm-hmm. places. Uh, oh, and throat rolls. <sighs> Well, there's only one of those close, that, which is a lot. Yeah, it is. That it is, is a huge too many. number. Yeah. yeah, by five. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm curious. We're about to do a brewery tour, mm-hmm. and you're deep into beer now. You've been deep into beer for a bit. We're deep into beer now, and I, I remember distinctly when the first time we all went to Origins, and the first time we were all at Gen Con together. Uh, you know, having these conversations about what beer we're going to go try, what breweries we want to go to. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious now. We're about to embark on a brewery tour, day one of two. What should a brewery tour do? Like, is a brewery tour about showcasing the buildings and location and the the, the beer halls or the, the beer gardens and your city? Is a brewery tour now, especially when you're taking someone who's into beer, about showing local or weird or regional styles? Is a brewery tour about showing breadth of catalog, depth of catalog? What should a brewery tour do for someone who's into beer? That's a very good question. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I, I just want to sorry. I'll, I'll say yeah. ultimately you yeah. want a visit to a brewery, whether you're going to multiple ones or single one, you want it to be memorable. Oh yeah. Um whether it's the interior design of your space, what you are serving, your food, if you are if you're a brewery who does food. Um because oh, that man. is that is what sets I got, a lot of breweries. I got bad news. We're going to all breweries that do no food. That's Right. Yes, but that's just well. Some of them have food trucks. Yeah. Well, Almost yeah. All I mean, of them, yeah. I mean, and some places do, some places don't. Right. But um. A lot of my favorite breweries back in Michigan also have very, very capital V good food. Oh, interesting. Because um, they've, they've spent the time to invest in a, a right. excellent head chef and good yeah. kitchen. Uh, this is what I was afraid was going to happen in this segment. Springfield yeah. is not. It has good food around right. good breweries. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's, when a that's brewery fine. does food... Very rarely because we've only got yeah. two, right? Like Bruco and Lost Signal. Lost Signal. And, and Lost Signal claims to be barbecue. It's not, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, right. the food can also be yeah very very mediocre. Right. Um, in some cases, your food could be better than your beer. Right. Um, sorry about that, but um, huh. I, I would say it, it memorable depends. experience. You, you, yeah, you, you want an overall memorable experience of your time within a space. Right. Um, so, like, if I told by, you, like Mothers, okay, is in yeah. the old Wonder Bread factory. And it looks like it. Like when you're in the tap room, it's very much a factory. Okay, well that's that makes me excited to go see the building to see if I can see remnants of the fact that it used to be a bread factory. Yeah, there's a distillery in Detroit called the Detroit City Distillery, where their uh, distillery is an old ice cream factory. Oh, so there's tie, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you can tell it used to be like an ice cream factory. They have some of the old logoing and stuff. So the one I went went on to a. Uh, an event they had at the distillery, you know, yeah. I could, you know, it was, it was a fun little spot. Yeah. Um, when I go on a brewery tour, yeah. I'm always looking at the menu to see what's, what jumps out to me. Right. What, what sounds weird? What's what, what have, what have I what not seen? Weird. Yeah. What have I not seen? What's, what's, yeah. different yeah you know, you're at the jaded level like, yeah i i 100 yeah. like, i want to live on the, the edges yeah, like, so like uh the last when burke was in town in february 2020 we went to mother's and they had a chocolate orange stout and it was like the best thing i've had on tap at a brewery in years mm-hmm. i'm hopeful it's there today i don't know yeah, what it is like and, right. and that's it was uh, weird. that's something i would try because yeah. um southern tier 
has a chocolate orange scent. Like it's called yeah. like chocolate orange. Yeah. And it oh. tastes like one of those like, you know, Christmas chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate yeah. covered orange. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. One of those kind of things. Um I I often try to sample like what's their flagship yeah. kind of just so I know what yeah. it is, especially if it, if I'm visiting somewhere where I, where I can't get it around me right. or if they don't distribute. So you're more like breadth. Yeah. But also local. Yeah. Like you want to try things that you're not going to get at home. Yeah, exactly. So like, okay, so Max is here. We talked about doing a brewery tour a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When we talked about doing a brewery tour, like what was the immediate thing, if anything, that popped into minds for two of you? Like, well, if we're going to do a brewery tour, I want him to try or see this. Well, for for... I think it's also local. Like I think yeah. a lot of places, your brewery tours, we we go to the one. Yeah, right. The, the one that's anywhere near us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we do. I'm also I'm preternaturally good at selecting a place to go get drunk in a different city. You so, are. Yeah, you do have sort of a dousing rod ability. Yeah. Were you find. ever to travel with me? I got you. It's yeah, fucking. But alarming. I mean, yeah. also like on my end, like if any of you were to come to visit me in Detroit area, I have a list of four spots I would take you for both beer and food or mm-hmm. combination thereof mm. um just because i like i feel like I, that would be the best to showcase right the area yeah. that i'm in uh but i think for springfield when i what we what we have going for us is mass yes like yeah. Uh, volume yeah <laughs> quantity is his own we are quality heavily restaurant and we are um, heavily brewed yeah. as a city uh, per yeah. capita so I don't um, think the key is so much showing anyone something specific. So I would well, movement for me. Oh, like, yeah. I think um, around yeah. four by four because of the blends. Yeah, um, we have an entire brewery that builds its taproom yeah. experience off blending its beers. Okay, so you can drink yeah. a you can drink that's, a that's co- different. Yes, yeah, totally. Like that, you can buy all their beers independently, but they have a whole list of just blends. Yeah, uh, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't see it elsewhere. So I think you that, to go, would, you that would to go be to Buffalo top. Wild Wings to get like, that usually. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, mothers because they have a lot of stuff in their tap room that they don't. Yeah. Do elsewhere. They don't distribute. And I mean, there's a lot of failures, but it's interesting, right. you know. Right. Um, and then tying timber because of that tangerine sour. Well, I was going to say. So yeah, for yeah. me, the immediate thought was, what's the best beer in Springfield? And the best beer in Springfield is hands down the Hey Mr. Tangerine Sour at yeah. Tying Timber. And it's not close. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now. Right. And yeah. well, I think you're around. And then I thought like, okay, but that's one brewery. Yeah, we have yeah. nine. We can so, also get food there too, because there's a uh, like bunch a of restaurants. Uh, honestly, yeah. when he, when he, when he said we're doing a brewery tour, the thing I thought at first is things were skipping. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Do we need to go to Los Angeles? We're going to walk by it and not stop there. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, th- and, and, and <laughs> nothing above a two. Yeah. And, um, and, no, and the was like a three. That's Literally, something to take Max, into account when you have gonna, so much. We're mm-hmm. going to walk by Lost Signal, and I'm going to point to you that tower is Lost Signal. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to keep walking. You're, the fact that you put, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, you put Springfield Brewing Company on there. Is he trying to lower expectations? Here, here, here's why I Does put, the later stuff wow? Here's why I, I put Bruco on there. One, it's in between Mothers and Holdfast. <laughs> Two, they have a citrus zinger sour that is actually quite good. Kettle sour. They occasionally do like one good beer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and right then now, everything else is <laughs> meh. They're doing that barrel-aged sorry night thing that they do. That is like a pretty heavy stout that's kind of good. Well, I'm fine going with Springfield Brewing Company because it's between two other places, which I think is the only reason anyone goes there. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I think when also you're planning a brewery tour, you have to take into account of what you like and do not like style-wise. Like, for example, right. if you're not a sour person, I'm not going to get a Jolly Pumpkin in, right. the, in, yeah, in Detroit because yeah, yeah. yep. they are known for doing their sour beers. Boy, are they. Yep. Yeah. And uh, on, the, on the flip side, if you're not liking IPAs, I'm not going to get someplace that has a lot of IPAs. So, you know, 
So know the menu ahead. Yeah, of knowing yeah. the menu and you know, beer is totally a subjective thing based off of our very objective rating scales. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a subjective thing at all. But I understand what yes, you're saying. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's wow. something you know, audience in mind, um, and, and just your own tastes in mind. Factually rated beer for five years. So I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, about. I, yeah. You yeah. know, Spencer, you mentioned at the beginning of the segment that we were deep into beer. It was like. Wait, I was like, wait, no. I was like, oh, we've done a thousand beer reviews. Yeah. yeah. If that's not an objective, that like, yes, you were deep into beer. Right. I didn't yeah. think yeah. of myself. That's not like my yeah, self-image. I, I'm not a Cicerone. I didn't yeah. go to fucking school. No. Uh, I don't know how to write food reviews because I don't even know yeah. how to eat food. Yeah. But hold there, on, hold there on. Is a, there is a point of brute forcing it. Yeah. yeah. You can brute force. If and I think review, we're there. Yeah. Oh, no. So, so I will tell so you right now, we are in the top 1% of beer drinkers in the world. So <laughs> I feel strongly about that. Here's something I've noticed with you guys since episode one. Caleb, you have a very, very developed palate and are um, very adept at describing the flavor profile of a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, just well, thank the, you. The, the way that you go about describing it is... Mm-hmm. is I agree. Very um, full and elaborate that you can communicate what exactly you are getting. I from agree. Yeah. yeah, and I, I do think, but I do think that's probably more of like um, took a bunch of poetry classes than like beer. Well, <laughs> well also but, like but, but, read but, books but, on brewing but, beer, but but knowing how yeah. to yeah. actually express yourself you in regards to flavor right. is yeah. you know is is a di- is a different thing. Yeah, because man, that. the the the, the chemical or biochemical approach to beer doesn't doesn't actually change how it hits my tongue i mean i know that it does but like if i like it or don't like it i don't really care what process was used to make it and so i think the description is as important as the process yes yeah i'm not randy moser and i don't think any of us other will be but like but at one point like even though i forget what umami and estrus means every couple of seconds Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. need to relook it up like i can come up with a dumb metaphor for what it tastes like um uh, so, so there's that, but like, yeah, you can brute force it. I think that's what yeah. we have. I don't think yeah. that's what you have. Well, uh, but I have bashed my head. You were too, you were much he, too kind. He literally <laughs> is a chemical engineer. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's different. Yeah. You know, again, I've again, lobbied poetry class. I've lobbied for firing both of you today as prose writers. <laughs> and I have nothing. Honestly, the best move you've ever made. Is this man. is only that's why, right. this is why I only write nonfiction. I am unfireable. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you are unfireable. Technical writers for the win. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm excited to, I'm hopeful that on Monday when we record again, while you're still in town, we can retrospectively look back at the brewery tour. And talk about what you liked, what you've learned about Springfield beer or the world that we've talked about for five years mm-hmm. in any meaningful way and go, but I'm sorry, you know, like apologize to us for the conditions we're in. <laughs> um, that will be a, that will be a good uh, bare minimum. You can do a rating system based off the best two large Jenga towers in town because they will be everywhere. Yes, like, I'm, 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 I'm building a, <laughs> a, a Springfield rating system in my mind. Here we go. Or right. you just need to eat some cashew chicken then. So. No, stay away from the cashew chicken. No. Uh, hey, if you've been listening to this, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you're back over a certain level, but guess what you could be? Just head over to patreon.com. Look for the Mix 6 podcast. If you like this episode, what if I told you there was an equal number of content, maybe even more content Literally available to you? Literally equal at this point. Literally equal at this point. More content available to you for the Mix 6 podcast. Also on Patreon.com is... Good Brews, Bad Views. And you can subscribe to Good Brews, Bad Views for as little as a dollar a month mm-hmm. and get content from our very own Max and Storowich. And why wouldn't you want to do this? Listen, don't forget to check us out on all the social medias. If you're listening to this on a podcast, podcast streaming application, don't forget to like, rate and review us. And if you're finding us on YouTube, smash the like button. I don't know. That's the thing people say now. I heard it on TikTok. Click on that bell for notifications. Click on that bell for notifications, people. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you're staying healthy and healthy. Uh, this is 
is the uh, Mix 6 Podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Caleb. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.